seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Focus for maximum picture quality, and please adjust sound for maximum clarity. Yeah, hello, excuse me, thank you, um, some attention please. I've spent a great deal of time getting things ready for the show. No, no, keep going, keep going. I'm kind of curious as to how this works. Turn up the night with Kenny Pig. You know, I think it's going to do very well in the evening hours here. The greatest gift to mankind since Tutti Fruity Ice Cream. A viable and modern source for news and entertainment. Hey, gang, have I got an earful for you today. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. My mind is aglow with whirling, transient loads of thought, careening through a cosmic vapor of invention. In your heart, you know he's right, 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 right. And now, to the business at hand. We're all in this together. We got a show to do. Well, let's check it out. You can do it! I don't have bed bugs. Welcome to Turn Up the Night with uh, Kenny Pick broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com Worldwide Radio for Humans uh, this uh, August 27th, 2019. And of course, joining me, hey, we're putting the band back together, everybody. Joining me as always on the program, it's Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. Hello. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hi, everybody. Well, welcome back from your vacation. I know this ain't yes. Florida, but we'll do our best. You know what? It's kind of funny. It was cooler down in Florida than it was up here in Maryland last week. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. Especially with that ocean breeze blowing through your hair. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. And the so the seahorses nipping at your toes. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> seahorses are disgusting. Seahorses are disgusting. Have you ever seen the male poop eggs out of its stomach? It's gross. Okay. Um, well, you yeah. need to talk to your sister, your other sister. Okay. Which one? Nissa? Nissa? She's seahorses. Yeah, Susan does too. So, oh well. Susan ruined it for <laughs> me because she showed me the birthing ritual of seahorses the other day on YouTube. And I'm like, why'd you show me that? I was like the last creature from the sea that I don't want to see dead and on a plate. Um... And uh, anyway, uh, and Joe Santor says, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Welcome, sir. Hi. I just uh, swallowed an Impossible Whopper. Oh, yeah? What did you think of the Impossible Whopper? It was good. Had onion rings with it, and it was good. So, and this is this is wow. probably probably uh, good for your diet, too. I mean, I'm not saying you have a very restricted diet, but, you know... Uh, you know, not ingesting that much red meat, you know, as a, as a, uh, an, an aging white male as myself, you know. Well, actually, I'm, I'm an aging white male diabetic, so the bun wasn't exactly on the menu, but mm. uh, I did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it was good. I, cool. You know. Well, you know, maybe at some point, um, you'll be able to, if if you want, you know, they'll be in the stores, and you can just uh get that and prepare them however you like and make them even more healthy for yourself yeah they uh yeah because i have i have low carb buns but um oh joe what (laughs) (laughs) it finally it clicked with me just then too (laughs) low carb buns (laughs) low carb buns (laughs) you know you know all muscle His Five buns, minutes. His Five buns minutes, and we're on the gutter already. <laughs> Joe's buns are all muscle. It must be all the tennis he plays. Yes, so. yes. You can bounce a nickel off my buns, and they'll bounce. 
It'll hit the moon. And go baboom. <laughs> I have the hardest, I have the hardest buns in town. But uh, buns yeah, of yeah, steel in the electric uh, city. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, the um, getting back to uh, meat. Oh, that would be my buns. Really? Well, anyway, buns, baby. Yeah, that would be my buns. No, hey But uh, yeah, they have. Uh, yeah, they have. Uh, what do they call it? Um, Beyond meat. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the stores. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Beyond Meat. I'd prefer Morningstar Farms over that. But then again, I just had some Morningstar Farms crumbles and I was like, eh, it's too salty. No. Yeah, well, that's the thing about this uh, Impossible Whopper. Because I'm diabetic, you know, I read a lot of labels. Mm-hmm. So I know how I'm killing myself. And yeah. um, there's like over a thousand grams of sodium. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of sodium. Sure is. I, I, how does that stack up next to a beef patty from Burger King? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. How does that stack up next to a Whopper? I, I think it's comparable. I'm okay. not sure. So but, uh, yeah. that's the thing about that's the thing about veg- some vegan pre prepared vegan food. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very salty. Well, you know, after talking to Dad, because uh, we talked about the the um, um, our fast food weaknesses last Friday. Uh, and Dad says the the Whopper and you know is his, and he's not supposed to be able to eat a lot of red meat, so that could be good. But then again, the sodium—if the sodium's comparable, I don't know—is it a give and a take? So maybe he'll uh, maybe he could try the uh, Impossible Whopper at some point. So well, if it's if it's how's his blood pressure? I mean, I mean, um, I don't think that much sodium one time is gonna yeah kill yeah. you, you know. But uh, it wouldn't be something I would do every day. Sure. Well, anyway, I'm glad you got to try it. And uh, and again, you know, Joe Joe Santoris's buns of steel in the Electric City. Just don't ask him about That's his light. Right. Just don't ask him about his lightning rod. So, uh, so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I already it already got hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Let's get on to some good news. No, I'm kidding. We don't have that here. <laughs> um, well, I, I, okay, here, here, here. Uh, let me read you something, okay? I've got it in my hand right here. Headline. Summer rally hits a trade war roadblock. Proceed with caution. Oh, this is the newsletter that our financial advisor gave us last week. That's not just a news story. It's from Bank of America and Merrill Lynch, everybody. From the 13th of August, 2019. Corrected. Uh, yeah, so that this is the, this is the, the it's uh, the, the RIC, the RIC report. That they give all, um, you know, um, investors, you know, talking about, you know, the markets and volatility and all that shit. A whole bunch of stuff I don't understand. But the headline is, Summer Rally Hits a Trade War Roadblock. Proceed with caution. And Pat, our financial advisor, I asked her if this was all leading, if she, in her experience, because she's, she's, you know, um, I think she's probably maybe 65. Uh, I, of course, I would never ask her age, but um, uh, she's been around. She's seen some recessions, and she said, she's seen Joe's buns. 
Oh, has she? No, no. I don't think financial. My financial advisor is a guy, and he never saw my bonds. Your your (laughs) Fanny Nashville advisor? What? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes, Fanny May. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry for interrupting. That's okay, but um, yeah. So uh, she said. it's looking like we're on course for a recession for 2021. So, and of course, to me, you know, with all that's going on right now with with Trump and, you know, the trade war and everything, it seems like he's almost doing this out of spite if he if because if he doesn't win, whoever inherits his bullshit economy will take the fall for it. You know, or at least that that's how Republicans act. We, on the other hand, as, you know, liberals have an affinity for the truth and history. So we'll remember, we'll remember, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Well. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I stole it. Somebody's been using that Pepperidge Farm remembers a lot, and I stole it from them. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so, uh, and what's going on with the... Uh, the tariffs right now is insane. This is really going to start hurting people, average people, struggling working class people and lower income individuals because things that are on, uh, that are going up soon. You've got things like diapers and school supplies. Uh, you know, uh, Hey, get, get ready to pay more for wine. No more three buck Chuck from Trader Joe's. Uh, you know, what, what else? Um, uh, well, I don't know what specific wine or all wine or whatever. I don't understand how, you know, exactly how it's being applied, but you know, there's, there's three waves, there's three waves of, of tariffs, uh, or is it two more? There's some coming in October or there's some coming this, this Monday. There's some coming in in October. Yeah. There's some coming in October, and there's some coming just in time for jolly old Saint Nick to short you under the Christmas tree. He delayed that. He delayed the Christmas one. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yes, he did. That must that have been right around the time we went. We left. He delayed that because, and Lindsey Graham basically confirmed it because it's Christmas season. Well, I just saw <laughs> a, a news story with Cavuto and Lindsey Graham, and they were flashing the December ones on the screen. So, oh, okay. wait, 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 I don't know what's what going he delayed. On. What he what he originally did was he was going to impose tariffs as of September first. Right. He delayed it till December fifteenth, which is where it stands now, because that is that would not affect the shopping season. Oh. Ignoring the fact that most people don't have their shopping done by December fifteenth, <laughs> but and now there is talk that he may delay that further. But right now it's set for. September first, October first, and December fifteenth, and that's subject to change mm-hmm. within the hour. Oh, and guess what? In December, um, appliances and electronics are are going to get hit. So if you were looking for that big bargain uh, around the first of the year for a new washer, dryer, dishwasher, refrigerator, or whatever, bye. Yeah. Say goodbye to that. Um, That's right. he, does not, he really doesn't know what he's doing at all. At all. He yeah. doesn't care. 
Well, here's a here's a um, Shepard Smith, um, the one of I guess pretty much the only voice of reason on Fox News anymore because Chris Wallace has kind of pissed me off of late uh, with you know with uh, what aboutism and both sides do it and shit like that you know which is you know mm. you can't equate the two. Uh, but Chef Smith uh, talking about Fat Donnie's uh, trade war fails. Trade wars are good and easy to win. So said President Trump. Today, not so much. The markets have been down much of the afternoon. They had a good morning, but then bond prices went up, interest rates went down, and the yield curve inverted. Without getting into the weeds, together that is yet another sign that a recession may be coming down the road. This is not about the Federal Reserve. It's about the trade war. The good and easy to win trade war. There's lots of talk about a deal with China. And words have sent the markets on violent swings of late, but they're just words. There is no change. Tariffs are in place. They're already costing the American family an average of $600 to $800 a year, depending on who's doing the measuring. More tariffs are slated for this Sunday. That means on Monday, prices go up. Prices on school supplies and clothing, food and diapers and wine, you name it. And still more tariffs in October than more in December. Remember, tariffs are taxes, and American consumers pay them, no matter what leaders may say to the contrary. As Neil Cavuto reported this afternoon on Fox Business Network, the U.S. is no closer to a China trade deal than it was 18 months ago when all of this began. That hurts Americans. It hurts consumers, and it will hurt more because prices will go up on Monday. It's already hurting farmers and manufacturers because China isn't buying their crops and goods. Yeah. So six to eight hundred dollars a year for the average American family is sometimes life or death. You know? Yep. 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 That's that's like, you know, that's you know, one or two paychecks for you know that that's four paychecks for somebody who's low income you know right you know are we going to talk about farmers later or uh we can talk about them now because you know he he mentioned it there so that's fine Uh, all right just let me say this right now we're talking about affecting people's lives to the tune of 600 bucks a month uh, uh, a year right Mm-hmm. And and the cost of, of tariffs, um, okay, trade war over tariffs go away, things go back to normal, not for farmers. This is a generational change. Yeah. Yes. For farmers, this was a generational change. They are ruined for generations because supply chains have switched. China now imports wheat and soybeans from Brazil from Canada and once those supply lines are broken they're very very slow to reestablish yeah so the farmers the farmers are fucked because it isn't like this trade war goes away tomorrow and the farmers are back in business supply lines have changed China has now found new supplies for wheat and soy and pork and guess what that doesn't come back overnight Sure, sure. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's, I I mean, I don't think he understands, I know he doesn't understand how hard 
the Chinese government is going to fight back against this and how they are not going to be so forgiving. You know, I mean, and I, I love it because... Uh, and we'll get to the clip later, but you know, Lindsey Graham's like clucking on uh, Cavuto's show, saying, "Well, he's the only president that's had the balls to say that they're currency manipulators." Mm -hmm. Oh my God! No, he's calling no, them. Not. It's not true. Oh, that's yeah. not true. I know, I know, it's not true, and it doesn't mean anything. It's like, oh, what? So is that a crime? They're currency manipulators. I mean, no, you're just calling them a name. That's all you're doing, and they're well, going to currency manipulation. Currency manipulation is a crime internationally. But, but just by the, calling somebody a currency manipulator no. doesn't make it a crime. You know, I mean, but doesn't it, it's just like him calling somebody fat. Here's yeah. another point. See, so we're talking about China, who's a bad actor. Everybody agrees about that. On the international trade scene, China is a bad actor, has been a bad actor for decades. That we will stipulate. Here's the thing. Obama had a solution. Congress had a solution. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. What? Wait yes. a second. Hold on. Hold huh. on. What? I'm going to inflame people in the chat room and elsewhere. But the Bernie brothers said that was terrible. Okay. Well, you know what? I did not agree with that. Let, I was let, neutral on it. Well, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, while imperfect addressed China's trade manipulation yes. and unfairness it did. by combining the Pacific Rim with the United States, excluding China, okay, in a trade agreement that would have hurt China and squeezed China and forced China to be a better actor. What? And that solution was never tried. Why? Because Republicans see. didn't want to give Obama a win. Mitch McConnell. Because, no, because because Trump killed it in his first month in office. Oh. Well, you know, uh, I, there's a party He withdrew gonna, from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. There's a which party was, that's going to disagree with you on this, Joe, because towards the end of Obama's, um, you know, towards the end of his presidency, he, he decided to stop fighting for it. Well, and I true. understand why he did. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I agree with you there. No, you're right. But what I'm saying is it was still a live proposal. He wasn't fighting yes. for it anymore. But yes. it was still a live proposal. It was on the table. It was available. And the Republicans wanted it. And it was Trump that killed it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Bernie brothers. And it's not, just Bernie, it's not just Bernie bros. I, I, I don't want to no, go after unions, one. Not union, no, there unions. Were, there were a lot of people who yeah. I don't think... Organized labor. Yeah, I don't think they grasped the breadth of what was going on with, with, the, with, the, with the partnership. But, if it, but it. in everything, like with NAFTA, there is a trade-off. Okay? Yes. And I understand that there's going to be an interruption in some jobs and, and, and an increase in some jobs. The point is is that when you have a bad actor like China and you want a solution, you know, Trans-Pacific Partnership was way better than, nothing. than a trade war. Yes. Way better. Yes, it was better than nothing. I mean, it was it, for American workers, for American consumers, for American business, Trans-Pacific Partnership was way better than a trade war. Yeah. Well, and um, yet here we are yeah. 
with the president who doesn't even understand what mm. trade wars no. are about. He doesn't Absolutely. understand tariffs. He doesn't understand any of it. From what I heard, I, I think it was Monday when you know they asked him if he had second thoughts, and he said, "Yeah, I've got second thoughts." And then the White House came back and said, "You misinterpreted the fact that he said I have second thoughts." Of course, I, here's what he really this meant. Is, this is insane, and and it something I, I wrote about I wrote about it yesterday. It's like I'm really glad that I spent a week away from this lunacy, and I did pay attention to a certain extent, but. <clears throat> To come back on Monday and to just like jump into the deep end of the pool, uh, things are way crazier than they're they're crazy. They're oh, really crazy. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, here we go. Um, this is from uh, businessinsider.com. Again, Kenny Pick reading Business Insider because the <laughs> world is insane. Um, this is by Carmen uh, Ren. Ranicki, I believe is the way to say the name. Ranicki. Um, the, mar- the market's favorite recession indicator just flashed its biggest warning since 2007. Isn't that special, guys? Um, uh, the bullet points for this article. The spread between the two and ten year treasury yields is below zero, an occurrence that's preceded each of the past seven recessions. This so-called yield curve inversion has happened multiple times over the past couple weeks, but the spread fell on Tuesday to its most negative level since March 2007. While yield curve inversions have preceded all recessions since 1950, when exactly a recession might occur is still unclear. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read the bullet points from the article because I will probably read it and it won't make sense to me and I'll get confused. Um, but... That's exact. So, well, I'll tell you what. A very, very, very good financial advisor just told me last week, <laughs> twenty twenty one, folks. She's saying by all indicators, she said I only. She's like I can't tell the future. I can only read trends. And she said the way things are looking right now, twenty twenty one is going to be our next recession. <laughs> so, um, and not only that. Um, but we've got, uh, well, I'm going to save that one cause I got another story, uh, about some labor statistics folks. So if it's 2021 and, and we win the white house again, we have another Democrat to clean up the shit. Exactly. Rinse, wash, rinse, repeat, you know? Oh no, I'm sorry. Soil clean up, repeat. I, I want to say this. I don't want a recession, but everything is heading towards it. It, it, and it really is. Oh, I don't have. Absolutely. I, don't have, I, 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 I feel like if it's going to happen, I want it to happen before Trump. I, I want it to happen before 2020. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. I'm for it to happen. No, I understand. I really, really clear. But I mean. But I want I, Trump to finally have somebody to say this is your fault. Finally. Well, I, I'm telling you what. Um, oh, after the break. I got some other news on labor stats. And it's that thing that nobody talks about. What's the thing that nobody talks about that we talk about on the show uh, every few episodes? Oh, that's a lot of things, Ken. <sighs> the retail apocalypse. Oh, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, you know all the all the clucking and crowing about jobs. Shh. 
got these numbers and everything. Last week was not that good, right? No, it wasn't, but it's it's been undercut, and we'll we'll talk about that after the break. But okay. um, it's it's been you know it, further undercut um uh, on it from a story that I uh, uh have from the twenty second. Um, but again, we'll get to it after the break. But yeah, it's uh it, it's going bonkers. Um, you know, and and I was I was biting my tongue to not. I wanted to save this thing, but again, I Susan and I were handed a printout. It was given to anybody who invests with at least our branch of Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Um, the headline, again, this is for investors. This isn't a newspaper headline. This isn't a you know CNN headline or USA Today. This is what was given to investors. Summer rally hits trade war roadblock. Proceed with caution. Yeah, you that's know. pretty heavy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and this, this whole thing, you know, is, you know, it, it's uh, trade war roadblock ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm reading the, uh, uh, seeing if there's any other, uh, oh yeah, there's the municipal bonds with the extra yields. The, that, that was mentioned in that other article. Um, you know, I mean. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, and you know, as you get older and you start learning about things like this, kids, um, <laughs> and, and you see what kind of impact it's going to have. You know, when I was young, it was all about me and I didn't pay attention to what was going around. Now that I'm older and I have, you know, worth, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about all those kids who aren't me, who aren't thinking about this shit. At least I had the wherewithal to vote for the people who had my my best interest at heart. You know, everybody's best yes. interest at heart. But there are a lot of kids out there who, you know, say, I like Trump because I want to be a business person too. You know, and they're running some little rinky-dink, you know, operation. And it's going to be, you know, gone before they know it. And they're going to be back in school or they're going to be back in, you know, working, you know, for the man, whatever. But, you know, I mean, because I, I've, I've heard that a lot from young people, you know, some young people, you know, uh, oh, well, Trump, I like him because he's successful and I want to be just like him and I want my own board game and my name on stuff and whatever. You know, it's like, you Do know, Do they ever you're say, fooled. I want to be able to file for bankruptcy, you know, like three, four, five times? Do they Never. ever say, I look forward Never. to losing my... Uh, oh, you know, well, you, know? you do that all the time. That happens all the time. You know, I mean, there's just always... There's an ex one excuse after a fucking another, you know? And that's, that's the all thing. It, it doesn't happen all the time. Most people who file for bankruptcy really don't recover. Well, Trump was on the TV. How can you be a loser if you're on the TV? Well... Well, yeah. Poop, you, poops float, too. Yeah, so... But uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, Joe's go, go, Joe's gone silent on us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm so, just listening. All right. Do you so, agree, Joe? Do poops float like Trump's? Sometimes they, they stink. Sometimes I, they sink. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they're supposed to. I think that's a problem. You should well, see a doctor. Yeah. Well, mm. see. All right. On that note, we got to go to the break. Uh, we'll be right back with more. We're going to keep talking about the economy and the retail apocalypse and labor stats uh, because things aren't looking good. Again, we're taking a whole, you know, a, 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 a big picture approach to 
when we talk about the economy on the show, I'm not an expert on anything, but by God, if I can see these things going on and I was right. And then I went to see my financial advisor last week and she pretty much confirmed what my worst fears were. Then I don't know what, what we got a word for that on the show. I think it's prescient. Uh, yeah, I guess I was prescient. <laughs> So anyway, let's go ahead and uh, go to the break. We'll be right back with lots more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. If you've got a chair, sit down. Relax. I, I'm not, I, got, I got some stuff to say here. Broadcasting live on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Oh! 
I could kiss you in the mouth. I am Miles Lagant, inviting you to listen to Mike Check Radio every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Our host, Adam Hebert, will be bringing the latest in politics and nerd news to discuss, including movies, games, and anime, all while putting up with boss-level button-pushing from yours truly. I'm your huckleberry. Also, my lovely wife, Michelle, the mistress of mayhem, will be there to pwn Adam for his use of the F-bomb. I'm nice and sweet and pure, so fuck off! And Metal Master Kenny Pick will help keep the show on the rails with a stern but guiding hand. Remain calm! All is well! All is well! Indie Media Weekly, doing the best with what we have to work with. Hello, listener. I have a very special offer for you today. Are you interested in listening to a group of middle-aged white people talk about geeky subjects once a week? Very refreshing and new, I know! Me and my friends at First Table Gaming enjoy having roundtable discussions on important and intelligent dumb shit. For example, why doesn't Magneto just use the Earth's molten core to put us all out of our collective misery? Can he even control lava? What is even in lava? How can anyone actually know what the core is made of? Does Wonder Woman have a favorite color? Find out more about this useless information by listening to the Lunatic Parade podcast. We stream every week. Catch us on Fridays at 10.15 or Saturdays at 7 Eastern Standard Time here on Indie Media Weekly. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Stephanie Miller. You're listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Great Scott, what is that? It's really weird, but it's also the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. It's terrible, by the way, totally overproduced. The first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. Oh my God, they've killed Kenny, you bastard! What a worth it's showtime. It is showtime, and welcome back to it. And, of course, joining me, as always, on the program, Mr. Joe Santorza, Scranton, Pennsylvania, The Electric City. Buns of steel. Nicknamed, nicknamed hard buns. Hard buns. <laughs> and, hey, hard buns. Hey, hard buns. Hey, that's your uncle you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, oops. And, oh, this is getting weird. I never I said know. my family was normal. Let's see. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> Rain from Four Freedoms blog. Uh, the the uh, <laughs> out of... <laughs> From D.C., I almost said the Electric City. Uh, um, yeah, from Washington, D.C., the Beltway Beer, the Bubble, the Swamp. Hello. Hi. When we got back to D.C., it was like 70 degrees. Yeah. It was awesome. So, were, so. did you see any gators? And there was no Trump. Did you see any gators climbing fences or swimming on the street? No. You kind okay. of freaked me out, though. For those <laughs> I, that want to know, Kenny, 
Kenny literally sent me a link. <laughs> the I'm day that asshole. we were leaving, I think it was, but <laughs> gators climbing fences, and I was like, holy crap. And so my sister also saw it, and therefore my nephew saw it. He was like, Mom. Oh, no. <laughs> I, at least Mom. I didn't. I didn't share the worst part of it, though. He was like, wait, Mom, aren't we going on an airboat trip to see the gators? Oh, boy. what He, uh, he was a trooper. Uh, he was a trooper. We went on the airboat ride, and we did get to see a gator, and I was sitting mm. on the outside of the boat, and that gator liked our captain, and he oh. was coming a little too close, and I was like, Bob, oh. you are now going to the outside of the boat. Uh, yeah. So, but Matthew, but- my nephew, did get to hold a little baby gator. Ah, who did not learn how to walk on its hind feet yet. Oh, okay. That's so. good. It did it grow thumbs? Can it carry firearms yet? <laughs> so we we left before we left. Okay. Before it mutated, before the, the well, abomination we we really mutated good time further. In, in Florida. We were down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Miles and Michelle, they were probably about two hours north of us, so we did not go up to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know yeah. there were some friends who were like, you guys should get together. And we're like, no, I'm not dry. No. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was just reading a, I was just reading a comment in the chat room from Trojan Rabbit. I wonder why Twitler is quoting Zogby polls instead of the Rasmussen one that has it had him at 50%. Titty baby is really whining today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I did Titty notice baby. that Twitler, he had... One thing on his schedule today, one thing, and that was lunch. That was it. And we all I know, know one how... thing he didn't have is an Impossible Burger. Oh yeah, we know what he had. He had his uh, his combo slop. Let's have a shot. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, um, uh, let's go ahead and get back into it. I have uh, uh, more news to read and to play. Um, we'll get back to the tariffs momentarily because we have some audio from Flimsy Graham. And um, this is um, another business insider story from uh, the 22nd uh, by Ayn, Ayn Kane. It's, uh, it's uh, a, a, I don't know. It's A with a weird symbol over it, I-N-E. So, Ayn Gain. Ayn Gain. Gloomy labor statistics show that the retail apocalypse was worse than we thought. Not worse than we thought. Hmm. The re- so, the bullet points from this article. I will read more from this because this is more in my wheelhouse of understanding. Um, the bullet points are the retail industry has 146,400... Uh, I'm sorry. 1,040... <laughs> God damn it. 146,400 fewer new jobs than previously thought. The Bureau of Labor Statistics just revised its benchmark for non-farming jobs. Retail was one of the hardest hit sectors on uh, on its list of revisions. No! Really? Uh, and it says, uh, the specter of the retail apocalypse still hangs over the whole industry. And the largest, uh, I'm sorry, latest gloomy numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics indicates that it's not going anywhere soon. 
After reviewing its stats on the numbers of new jobs created between 2018 and 2019, the Bureau cut its annual benchmark of non-farm jobs by 501,000 jobs. These numbers aren't just a sign of Trump's signature tax cuts. The Trump's signature tax cuts didn't actually spur more hiring. They're also an indication that retail is far out from out of the woods. The industry was one of the hardest hit sectors by the uh, Bureau of Labor's statistics list of revisions. As it turns out, the retail trade boasts one, um, sorry, 146,400 fewer jobs than previously thought, uh, nearly a 1% drop, um, uh, 0.09% to be exact. Uh, this isn't even the first time this year that the Bureau has released job numbers that painted a far less rosy picture for uh, the retail industry. In February, it announced that there were 138,000 fewer jobs in retail than previously thought, the Washington Post reported. When it comes to labor issues, the world of retail has plenty to contend with. Bloomberg reported that private equity cost, uh, private equity, equity has cost 597,000 retail employees their jobs. Meanwhile, uh, topics around the push to raise the federal minimum wage and uh, the rise of automation and e-commerce have also prompted questions about the future of retail jobs. Uh, the changing times have caused more than some businesses to fall victim to the retail apocalypse, shuttering stores and laying off thousands of workers. Particularly hard-hit states include West Virginia, Vermont, Rhode Island, Ohio, Connecticut, Maryland, and Maryland. Business insight—I'm sorry, Business Insiders. Haley Peterson reported. So. Yeah, they're revising their numbers a couple times a year now. 146,400 fewer jobs they, they had to revise from the last jobs report. That's insane. You know, I, and nobody is paying attention to this. Nobody, you know, I mean, even the Bureau of Labor is not paying close enough attention to this. Bureau, Bureau no, of Labor Statistics. Actually, they're not. I listen to I listen to MSNBC during the day, and you know they have uh, Stephanie Rule and Ali Belchi, and their show is generally supposed to be geared towards the market. Generally, mm -hmm. they're not even talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess because I, I guess you know these cable stations they cater more to people who you know have money in the stock market, and you know. Instead of people who are working schlubs, you know, people who have jobs that they can go watch whatever the the news story is on on the markets, you know. So yeah. that's why you got to look at it in the big picture, because you know you, you you know it's you know Joe pointed out very very succinctly about the, you know this is a generational it's going to be a generational strife uh, to get back the trade routes that Trump is is sullying with the the tariffs. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't even know what jobs are going to replace retail. I mean, how many service industry jobs can you have before there's a, a collapse in, uh, you know, I mean, what are we going to just have a McDonald's and a Taco Bell on every corner to guarantee employment for, for, you know, yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this is. You know, they're, they're, because in those jobs, there are a lot of kids in school, a lot of kids in high school and in college, 
lower income people who, you know, uh, don't, you know, who, you know, maybe they quit school, maybe they didn't do well in school, you know, but they're, you know, the, the, it's, it's a low skill job that they can do well in, you know, become a manager, whatever. Um, I, but, but hold on, hold on a second. If you're going, yeah. if you're going to talk about the retail apocalypse, let's go beyond, um, fast food. I mean, you can, you can actually go into, you know, clothing stores. No. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. No. No, that's what I'm saying, Rain, uh, is without those clothing store jobs and everything, you're going to have this glut in the service industry where people are going to be fighting for those jobs and there's not going to be enough to go around. So, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I have friends who still work in retail who do work their way well through companies. One of my close friends uh, works for David's Bridal, you know, and she, and she'd come from a lot of other different places. I think she worked for Victoria's Secret and Old Navy and stuff like that. And plenty of my coworkers, when I was at the Gap, you know, I was a manager at the Gap. I did not stay in that line of retail for very long. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I moved into where I am in accounting now, but, uh, you know, well, I got it, you know, I got in at retail where I am now. And then I moved into accounting because, you know, I had the goods, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, there are a lot of jobs where you could, you know, raise a family by becoming a manager or a supervisor at some of these bigger jobs. Uh, you know, or not bigger jobs, bigger companies like, you know, Gap Inc. Right is a good example i knew a lot of people who were able to take care of their families who were who were my fellow managers uh had kids had a mortgage you know and i think people invested way too much faith into gap inc because i saw the writing on the wall um and got out of dodge you know i knew that it wasn't going to be a reliable income or place i could retire from um, but Gap you know, Inc. also when you say Gap Inc., that was also Banana Republic and Old, Old Navy, Navy. Right? Gap Kids, yeah. So, uh, and I think they I might. I actually had a very good friend whose mother used to do sewing for the company. Oh, okay. In Queens. Wow. And her job, her job was shipped over to China. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's this void. There's this void. Uh, you know, it's like. Okay, we're always gonna. But we talked about this the other day um, about you know the what happens when you start and when rural areas start losing their family dollar, and right. the next closest place is 10, 15, 20 miles for them to go, and they don't have public transit. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's service when it comes to food service. Food service is always going to be pretty stable. But it's not going to be able to replace because there's there always seems to be like a, a steady fluctuation with uh, the food industry. You know, it's really kind of peaked and leveled off. I think uh, maybe in in the the late '90s, because before there weren't fast food places all over. There weren't chain restaurants all over. It really seems like you know. One goes out, another one comes in to take its place. You lose a Chi Chi's, you get an Outback Steakhouse. You know, uh, you, you, you know, a White Castle closes, a Taco Bell pops up. You know, I, I mean, it, it seems like there, there's always in in the chain places like that. There's, it's it's really kind of the most steady thing 
I think I've seen in my lifetime. Do you guys agree with that, Joe? Do you think I'm, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think everything suffers if there's a recession. Yeah, I'm just but saying, I, I, you know, it seems like, I mean, it, it, I don't see the, I, I, I'm just saying, I don't see the food industry when it comes to, you know, franchise restaurants and stuff like that. I don't see it getting any bigger or really any smaller. I don't think it's going to no. be able to absorb all these jobs that were non-food industry. No, I think, I, and I think, again, when we talk about the generational damage that Trump is doing, it's not restricted just to farmers. I mean, when when we look at the denial and in, in what the actual economy's future is, it's not going to be in brick-and-mortar stores anymore. You know, that's not where, where we're going. It's not going to be in fossil fuel. You know, these are the things he's not addressing, that they're hiding their heads in the sand, selling a bill of goods to people, mm-hmm. okay, when, when, when we should be, be telling the truth. Retail stores are going away. Malls are a thing of the past. There's a thing called the internet. Mm-hmm. People like the convenience of shopping online, having it delivered to your door. Yeah. You could do it with clothing. You could do it with anything. You could even buy a car online now. Okay, so you know this this thing about not preparing people for the future and making them put their head in the sand because it makes them feel good, you know, mm-hmm. is part of the problem with politics right now. And part part of the big problem with, with Trump. Well, I mean, promising you know, that coal mines are going to open, uh-huh. that that we're going to start start uh, building things in factories and, and steel is going to come. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, that's it's I'm so glad you you mentioned that because this Neil Cavuto and Lindsey Graham clip is pretty much, you know, it's about the tariffs, but it's, you know, Trump is deceiving people on who's going to pay, you know, but you're right. You're absolutely, you know, Cavuto called called out Lindsey Graham. He's like, you know, are are you don't you think the president's being I'm sorry, don't you think fat Donnie's being deceptive? Uh, by saying that, you know, China's going to pay for it in the long, long run. And it's like, yeah, and you're right. You know, retail is going away and you're, you know, because it's going online, but for people who are older or lower income who don't use the internet like we do, they're going to really suffer, you know? And, uh, and guess what? Because of Trump's tariffs, all that stuff is going to cost more. Here, let me play this clip with Cavuto and Graham. You know, Senator, I, I, I cut your remarks, uh, over the weekend and you were talking i think on cbs's face the nation about we've just got to accept the pain that comes with standing up to china i got what you were saying that tariffs don't come cheap that'll eventually be passed on mm-hmm. uh and that we've got to get it right but i think you were saying the greater good is, is is keeping up the fight but i don't know if a lot of americans know that they're going to soon be feeling that do they well, I think the president knows that if you surrender to China's cheating, it will devastate our economy and the world economy over time. So the price to standing up to China, what? I think, is a lot less than just giving in to China. The tariffs are a tool. Nobody likes it as policy. But I don't see how you make China change their behavior until there's a consequence to what they're doing. That's why we have the tariffs. So, Senator, when the president says he loves tariffs and he's gotten better than $30 billion (laughs) from the Chinese because of those tariffs, uh, what do you think of that? Well, tariffs are generating revenue. He's sharing some of that money with the farmers that have been hard hit. But tariffs as a policy over time I don't really like because it does eventually go to the consumer. 
But here's what I do like. I do like the idea that President Trump, unlike every other president, is actually doing something about China's cheating. Uh, You know, I like President Bush a lot. Uh, Tried to work with President Obama. President Trump has designated China as a currency manipulator when the other two presidents refuse to do so because they are. And these tariffs are designed to get China to buy more of our products. The $500 billion trade deficit means that China is selling us $500 billion more than they buy from us. And the tariffs are trying to level that playing field, but mainly to change our business practices, which are way out of line with international norms. You're right about that, but I'm just wondering if the president is potentially deceiving people into thinking that China's paying for this and not them. Now, I know what he says and what you just said about the devaluing your currency to absorb that. But the fact of the matter is it's American entities who are sucking that up, some passing out to consumers, others not. The latest wave that takes effect September 1st, as you know, Senator, could be immediate. These uh, up to 15 percent tariffs that will affect school supplies and a host of other items. Are you worried that the president's not conveying that? Well, I'm worried that we will uh, that we won't stand behind the president. I'm trying to be honest with folks. Listen, the steel and aluminum tariffs have hurt BMW. They've hurt, uh, you know, they've hurt Boeing. But the reason we are doing this is because China, in one year, Neil, produced more steel than the entire world consumed. So. Trump is pushing back against Chinese dumping of steel and aluminum to give us a chance to recreate our steel and aluminum industry. Uh, (laughs) The intellectual property theft. If you go to China, they require you to have a Chinese business owner to do business in China. They steal your intellectual property and try to put you out of business. State-owned enterprises. Steel companies, the largest cost is power generation. The Chinese government pays the power bill for Chinese steel mills. There's no difference between the Chinese army, the business community, and government they're all one and the same and this president is really hurting china because the supply chain nil is beginning to relocate because of these tariffs uh-huh. it's now more expensive to do business in china so people are looking to alternatives to the chinese supply chain which will devastate their economy over oh time my god well, they appear to be waiting it out you're so fucking stupid graham you're so fucking stupid and dishonest, and I don't know if he's more stupid or dishonest, or, uh, I, I, but no, no, you know, yeah, the the tariffs are hurting people now, like today, I, this I minute. I'm so disgusted by. I'm not an economist, and <clears throat> I'm the first person on between Ken and Joe. Of the three of us, I'm the first one to say I don't get it a lot of times. But there's one thing that I know. China has not been an honest broker for a very long time. Yeah, not a and new what, problem. What we, have, what we have now with Trump is he's a guy who, he's not an honest broker. And what Lindsey Graham is basically saying is Trump is willing to burn this shit down. Burn it all down. And let's start from the beginning. That's basically the feeling I came away with after listening to that interview. Trump well, does not know what he's doing. And know, there, there's a reason why diplomacy is supposed to be a good thing. And there is no diplomacy going on here between Trump and China. Well, let's, and let's take the a other, look. The other yeah. thing, wait, one more thing. One more thing. I want to make this real quick. The other thing is that the, 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 the Chairman Xi, Xi mm-hmm. he's, he's there for the rest of his life. Yeah. He can wait Trump out. He doesn't give a fuck about America. And he doesn't yeah. have to, because he can literally wait Trump out. 
Yeah, in the absolutely. Meantime, our country is going to hell. Well, and China is just going to take their business elsewhere because they can. I mean, you know, the and and currency manipulation or not, there are plenty of other countries that will be glad to sell China their stuff so they can get Chinese stuff even cheaper. You know, if you I mean, want to talk about currency manipulation here in this country, can we go back to the fact that Trump actually said, "Can't we just print more money?" Yeah, you know, I mean, it's yeah, and and another thing That's too. Currency manipulation. He's talking about he's talking about you know they they're you know Graham mentioned bringing back the American steel industry. That's ridiculous. China has bought all of our old steel. Well, that not like just that. 15, 20 years ago. Not just that, but wasn't there a big story? I mean, this is this is what gets me, okay? Trump, I'm fairly certain, used Chinese steel in a whole bunch of his projects. Yes. Yes, he did. He did. That's what and I was now, That was during and, and, the time when China was buying all of our... Yeah. Wasted steel. Yeah, and now scrap steel. Sure, and aluminum and everything else. Uh, you know, uh, aluminum, copper, silver, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're buying it all. Um, you know, circuit boards so they can strip them, all that stuff. Um, and so Trump is. You know, Trump got his. Now anybody else? Fuck you. You you get yours. Rebuild the American steel industry because I build a bunch of cheap shit. Now you know. I mean, I don't even understand. You know, it 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 just makes absolutely no fucking sense. It's like it does, you know, it does. If you if you take into account that Trump profited off of Chinese steel and all Trump his other junk he put his name on, yeah, everything that he's doing is so he can profit now or in the future. I really believe this. The this insider, is- tra- the insider trading president. Yeah. So, I think Michelle, somebody said Hal face? Sparks. No, no. Michelle he's, Michelle he's, said that Hal Sparks called him the inside insider trading president. So, so one of the earlier. one of the reasons he's so so uh, enamored with uh, with Putin is because he he sees he still has that political that 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 business prospect of oh. a Trump Tower in Moscow. Well, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next. So, the uh, yeah. Putin apo- the Putin apologetics tour. Um, and, I'm, and I'm convinced that once the Deutsche Bank records become clear and are turned over to the House, that you're going to see that somebody was involved in money laundering with the Russians. Yeah. Because Deutsche Bank has been famous for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, famous. there you go. All right, well, I'll tell you what. On that note, we do have to take a break. Uh, but, yeah, seriously, folks, if, if you can start saving any little bit of extra here and there where you can, um, do it. It's it's going to get crazy. It is going to get crazy because all these conservatives, young and old, put a madman, oh, God, who has no, I mean, he's insane. He's really insane. Uh, they put a madman in the White House, and he's wrecking the country in, in honestly, in, in more ways than I even imagined. I, I knew it was going to be bad, 
but he's uh, he's only surprising me in the uh, depth of his cruelty in a very short period of time. You know, then again, not really even surprising me. Just like, wow, he's really committed to fucking everything up, isn't he? I'll give him that. So anyway, uh, break time. We'll be right back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) And now, on with the show. Made a lot of money in China. Focus. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. It is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. It has never been more clear to me than it is now that I need to streamline and have a one jingle for the show. (laughs) One opening intro for the show. I've been obsessed with having one for the Tuesday shows and one for the Friday show. And now I realize that I opened the show by playing the Friday one. And I almost continued playing the Friday one until I stopped myself. And then I played the Tuesday one. So, yeah. So, hour one has the Friday promo. And this hour has the Tuesday promo. And I need to make a solid single promo that merges the spirit of the two and maybe has some new stuff in it. So, I don't know. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. If you were under the impression it was the Friday edition because of my fuck-up in hour one, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> but we're broadcasting live on Indie Media Weekly. Uh, dot com, uh, and this is 8 2019 uh, Of course, welcome back. Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C., the Beltway Bureau, the Bubble, the Schwamp. So is it is it Tuesday or Thursday or... It's, did I say Thursday? Because I probably said I Thursday know. at some point. I have no idea. No, I, I just know that I played the wrong. Yeah, I just played the played. The I know all I know is that it could be Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm I'm back. You are. I have I am back. I have a swampy Florida brain, so I'm yes. still slow on the uptake. You got a case of the infantry Ben. Yeah. Yes. I do. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, and of course, Joe Santoris of Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Uh, welcome back, Mister Lightning Rod. I am so confused. <laughs> I think your buns are delightful, though. Oh. What? Yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, um. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, if it makes you feel any better, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. If it makes you feel any better, yeah. Uncle Joe, uh-huh. I spent a week on vacation with my sister Nissa, 
and her bathing suit, her breasts were delightful, and I told her that. I was like, they're beautiful. I don't want to touch them. What? What? Blame she yourself. had a nice bathing suit. They're hey, real, happened? and they're spectacular. <laughs> you remember that line from Seinfeld? Yes. <laughs> they're real, and Terry, they're spectacular. Actually, I think it is Terry Hatcher. Who did say that to me. Terry Hatcher, <laughs> Terry Hatcher, correct? Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, uh, anyway. Um, I'm anyway. an artist. I'm yes. allowed to appreciate other people's body You parts. are, and you could appreciate my buns anytime. Go ahead. See? Yes. Well, it's not a bad thing. It's artistic. No, no it is. It is. I, see, from that point of view, it is artistic. Yes. Uh, so, anyway... Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. We said stop it. No. Don't ma- don't don't make me bring Ann Romney in here. She's not See, she's this is not, why we can't have nice things. She Look. Ann Romney is not fun at all. It's not fair. That's right. It's not fair. <laughs> all right. For you, please. you think this is hard. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I you You talk about Joe's <laughs> yeah. buns again? This is hard. The buns. Here we're back to the buns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Uh, I don't know if I still have that one. Let me look up hard Romney. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do hard and Romney edit. There we go. Uh, this is hard. Yeah. See. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, okay. So let's get to uh, Fat Donnie's uh, Putin apologist tour, and I, I got some really good audio here from. Um, well, first of all, uh, he he started going. Uh, you know, he started spreading this demonstrably false. Well, he he, uh, he was lying. He was lying, outright lying, easily disproved lie that you know uh, about. Putin was kicked out of G8, turning it into G7, because Putin got the best of Obama or something like that, and you know, and and it, it, you know, and it wasn't. It uh, everything he's saying is is just a lie. Putin's been a bad actor for a long fucking time, and thankfully, unlike Bush, you know, I stared into his eyes, you know. Uh, you know the guy who who are, is you know arguably responsible for blowing up apartment buildings in Moscow and you know shooting airplanes out of the sky and poisoning and killing dissidents. You know, I mean, the, you know, it, okay, yeah, maybe Mitt Romney. You know, we, we shouldn't have laughed at him so hard for saying that Russia was our number one geopolitical foe. But, you know, it, that's an arguable point. You know, we don't want to think that Russia is... We, we, you know, I, I mean, part of, uh, you know... I don't want to get... No, I'm not going to get into it. Because it, it's it, it's too much into the weeds. But Shep Smith, you know, once again... Thank you, Shep, for doing something on Fox News other than propaganda... Uh, this is, you know, him just calling out Trump's G8 li- or the lie about, uh, um, at the G7 about why the G7 is the G7 and not the G8. Trump, who's willing to, who will be, who will be hosting next year's G Summit here in America, says it's certainly possible 
that the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, will get an invitation, even if it hurts him politically. President Trump says the Russians were removed from the group because President Putin outsmarted President Obama. That is not true. The decision to remove Russia from the group was unanimous. The reason? Putin invaded and annexed Crimea. In the conflict that continues in eastern Ukraine, Russian forces support separatists who've killed more than 10,000 people. During that conflict, a Russian weapon shot a civilian airliner from the sky, killing hundreds. Then, in 2016 and 2018, the Russians interfered in the American elections. And according to American intelligence agencies, they're interfering today. France's President Macron today cited that as the reason that Putin cannot be readmitted. Easy. I mean, you know, one, and, one thing one thing yeah. I wish that Shep had impressed upon is that the members of the G7, in order to include a new country, it has to be a unanimous vote. Yeah. Period. Unanimous. And to kick them out, too. Yeah. Yes. So. I mean, there's uh, there, a reason why Russia was kicked out by, you know. The, by the other yeah. seven. By the other seven countries, well, the, yes. the 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 real shocking shocking thing about this is I, I don't I have one tiny bit of audio uh, from Trump about this, and we'll get to that after we get to this one with uh, Nicole Wallace and Phil Rucker. Um, uh, really just eviscerated Trump for essentially Joe. What you know they didn't say it, but you know it's it's the Putin apologist tour is what you know mm. mm-hmm. what trump did at g7 and it's it's stunning when you hear the depths the lengths and the depths that he went to to go be a cheerleader for putin you have to wonder what the fuck do they have on this guy i'm serious that that you know i i'm thinking it's it's like a box set of pp tapes at this point you know it's like a a deluxe you know uh 50 volume you know blu-ray set with lots of extra features um behind the scenes footage um you know uh commentary (laughs) commentary tracks but I, i kind of this this kind of stuff that happened here makes me go back and wonder again did bill barr shut down the Mueller investigation oh because uh, yeah. when you see this stuff again like what what does what does russia have on trump uh they uh, they gotta have Am I something the only one wondering if if, if no if, i know we don't no. talk about it well, as much anymore but i feel like we've never gotten an answer whether or not that that investigation was shut down and when he does this stuff and what he did this week was as bad as we've seen in years yeah well uh, there was much discussion of this on uh ari melber's show army melber wasn't on today but um the guest host had 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 a panel on and they discussed this there certainly is something that there's some relationship with Russia that he is hiding. That's why he's hiding his tax returns, his business records. That's why he's objecting to all these house inquiries because there's something going on with Russia. And it doesn't have to be a tape or a, you know, 
a sex scandal. Sure. It's more likely something to do with, with some past yeah. and future financial uh, uh, you know, exchanges with, with mm-hmm. Russians and possibly illegal stuff like money laundering. Yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I don't, well, I don't know. I think I think that Joe's right. I don't know. I I do too. I, think there I, I are do. PP tapes, but yeah, I I that's the, close uh, a, a PP tape I, is, pales in comparison to what Joe's yes, talking about. Yes. So I, I, the PP I tape is a joke for me. Yeah, I I kid all the time about that and the clown car. I always put a PP tape reference in every clown car. I just didn't want to steal really, the money laundering thing. So <laughs> yeah, but 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 really. Really, the serious, serious thing, and, and and if a PP tape came out, I don't think it'd be as damaging as if we find out that he's involved through Deutsche, yeah. Deutsche Bank in money laundering. Sure. Because what they discussed today in Ari Melber was, and, and it's been discussed before, are the many, many times that that employees who are, who at Deutsche Bank, whose job it is to red flag, okay, suspicious transactions over and over again red flag transactions mm-hmm. in Trump's accounts and Russian accounts and were overruled by the yep. operators of the bank yes. because they wanted that business okay so there's something yeah. I hate to say it but it's rotten in Denmark yeah um, and it's not, it's not in, and it's yeah. not Greenland no, no, but uh, but yeah, the, but you know, a, a PP tape would be like a, st- a stain on a bedspread. Uh, the money yeah, laundering I mean, would be a stain on our nation. Um, so um, anyway, bad joke. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's get actually pretty good. Let's get to uh, Nicole Wallace and Phil Rucker talking about this because they kind of like just blow through all this stuff that was going on in the not so behind the scenes behind the scenes so rucker i need to start with you as we do on so many days they are cleaning up the cleanup there at the white house today yeah, that's right, Nicole. The president is back in Washington from this uh, whirlwind uh, foreign trip. And, you know, you described his activity abroad where he was making pronouncements and then changing his mind and changing his mind again and again and again throughout that weekend. But it's not all that different than how he has been behaving of late uh, here domestically. I mean, the entire week leading up to the G7 summit uh, was a number of flip-flops on key economic policies, beginning with that payroll tax cut idea uh, uh, and a number of other steps that that really jolted the markets and left uh, you know business leaders here in the United States as well as people in the in the government uh, pretty alarmed about the stability uh, of this president and his policy making that continued obviously overseas with a number of steps and I think one thing that really stuck out in in our reporting I wasn't on this trip but I was helping report uh, on the fallout from here in Washington was the president's private discussions about Vladimir Putin. He was an advocate on behalf of the Russian president in those private sessions with the other uh, leaders of the G7 group, and it just further uh, illustrated oh the gulf God. between the United States and its allies. You know what, Phil? I was going to um, read from some of your great reporting about these imagined phone calls, and you mentioned his instability, and I, I, I want to stick a pin in that and come back to it, because yeah. you just you just raised what's been the central question, I think, of the entire Trump presidency. Why did so many of them tell so many lies about Russia? And I know we 
all know, Robert Mueller spent a long time looking at whether a criminal conspiracy, a chargeable, prosecutable criminal conspiracy had transpired. But if you go back to Andrew McCabe's sort of evidence that he looked at before he opened a full field investigation into Donald Trump and this question about collusion with Russia, it was exactly, it was precisely the kind of conduct you just described Donald Trump engaging in at this summit. And, and I think the cherry on top of the Sunday was the elaborate lie he told about President Obama, this easily disprovable lie about why Russia had been kicked out of the G8. So my question for you is, what do you hear about the sort of digging in on, you know, it's not even Putin friendly at this point anymore. It's Putin's bidding. We have in, in our president someone advocating yeah. more ferociously, more aggressively, more brazenly for Putin's political standing on the world stage than America's. What, what, what's behind that? That's the mystery of this entire presidency, Nicole. I, I don't have an easy answer to it. Uh, and you're right. It goes beyond just simply defending Putin when he comes up. But it was Trump forcefully advocating on Putin's behalf to these other world leaders. There was a private dinner that the world leaders had at the G7 summit in France uh, where the discussion veered into the importance of democracy and whether, you know, whether a country it, it has a democratic system of government should Wait be a prerequisite it. or should be favored in terms of membership to the group of seven, which of course had been the group of eight. And the, all of the leaders, except for Trump, said yes, and Trump said no. And according <gasps> to my colleague, Michael Birnbaum, who does terrific reporting out in Europe, uh, someone in the room said it was as if Trump was the dictator himself uh, in that setting. It, it just it illustrated for all of them how, uh, how far away he was from the consensus of these democratic allies, you know, France, Britain, Germany, Italy, and so forth. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. We we need David Rosen here. Oh my God. Yeah, he said that no, it shouldn't be a prerequisite to join. You know, uh, uh, the the G seven, formerly G eight. Uh, you know, uh, you, no, you you don't have to be a democracy. We'll take despots and you know fascists and uh, you know. I guess that opens it up for communist nations now too. So I guess Trump is okay with communism. Socialism, whatever. Um, you know, I, I mean... Uh, That's so disturbing. Uh -huh. That's so disturbing. I, I heard that, yeah, I heard that, and I was like, oh, wow. It, it, well, it's, it's, he's know, not it's, even it's, it's, trying to pretend. Yeah, I missed that last week. The fact, the fact, that, the fact that this is leaking from private dinners... That mm -hmm. he just said, I don't care. Let's just get Putin in there. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it makes a lot more sense when I think it was on Monday when they had the um, the big climate change meeting at the G7 and Trump's chair was empty and they did not even bother to wait for him. They just they didn't even delay it. They were like, he's not here. We're not going to wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We're moving on. And and it. What you what you just played now, based on what I saw and and read about that climate change meeting, I think it was yesterday. Um, the fact that they didn't bother to wait for him says to me that it, it's now the G six. They they moved on without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Great point. I'm going to give you an amen for that because amen. yeah. Ah! 
man. It's, you know, G7 when they have to babysit, G6 when it's just the adults. <laughs> it's really have- sad. I and mean, It makes me sad for our country. Well, our country is not represented there, so, you know, it's just Trump's interests now. Um, and obviously the interests of Russia and Putin, not even Russia, not even the Russian people, just, you know, I mean... Again, let me just refresh everybody's memory on this. Not that it needs it, because I know you're all smart and beautiful people. But um, Putin, Vladimir Putin, is worth untold billions of dollars, possibly trillions of dollars, and even more in rubles because they're worth jack shit. Um, yeah. and uh, and and he started. His his career outside of a politician was being a KGB agent. He didn't start a business. He didn't, you know. I mean, it's not. I mean, it, it's not like the salary of you know. I don't. I, I don't even know what the salary is for Russian government officials, but I'm fairly certain it's not untold billions of dollars <laughs> you know just a wild guess or you know you know trillions of rubles or whatever um how do you think vladimir putin got so wealthy it wasn't from a small loan of a million dollars from his father it wasn't through <laughs> cheating the system and gaming the system and you know uh filing bankruptcies and whatever else putin has never really had to provide for himself because he's been a government employee uh, i'm uh, okay no no no. i'm sorry that that sounded horrible because joe you were a government employee government employees work hard they do work hard i'm american saying i'm saying yes are, are american government employees russian. and i'm fairly certain some russian government employees work hard too at killing dissidents um, you know, it's not easy killing a person from what I understand. Um, but no, I, you know, the, uh, my point here is that, you know, he never, you know, it seems like when you get into a government position and you're willing to do pretty brutal things, you can advance well in a place like Russia. That's what I meant. Has nothing to do with, you know. Uh, people like Joe or postal workers or, you know, VA employees or military police, whatever. Nothing like that. But well, um, when, when Russia, when Russia was starting to do its, uh, it was supposed to be transforming to a democracy. I don't think Russia ever implemented a constitution. Oh. It was, it was, it was Glasnost. And and Joe, you could probably help me out on this. I think I'm not there a might be a Russian this, constitution. I'm not sure. Well, evidently, it wasn't being enforced, and that if that's the case, that gives me pause here in America. Well, first of all, he he made his fortune by when, when the when the old Soviet Union was breaking up, he saw opportunity by stealing money from all the satellite countries. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so he he made a fortune just in the consolidation of the of the transition of the Soviet Union into uh, the Russian Republic. He stole money. Yeah. Him and his oligarch friends stole money from these from these uh, these these countries like the Ukraine. Yeah. 
and now now they're occupying the Ukraine again. They're, they they annex Crimea. You know, this is his. This is how he 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 made his fortune. Real quick, uh, and now, cri- real quick, Christmas uh, nineteen ninety three is when the current Constitution of Russia was initially implemented. Okay, thank you. But go ahead, Joe. Well, that I mean, that's basically how he made his money, by 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 taking money out of the treasuries of all the countries that used to be their satellites, that were free under the uh, under the transition from the Soviet Union to the Russian Republic. Now, in in the early '90s, when Russia was making an attempt, as you said, they adopted a constitution and and a governing and a lawmaking body, a parliament, you know. They invited him into the G7 and made it the G8 on the hope that that would encourage them to continue their road to democracy. Okay, thank you. But but the reason but but it, the reason they didn't stay is because Putin derailed that whole idea. Yeah, it's corruption. It's corruption, right? Yeah, and when he annexed when he invaded the Ukraine, annexed Crimea, they said enough's enough. Yes, you know, this, and 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 on on democracy side, that was yes. enough. Enough. I enough guess the, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to figure out is just how did it get to where it got with Putin? And I know that's a whole entire another show. Yeah, but it, the fact that the fact that Trump is still propping up Putin when we know that that mofo is so corrupt. He, there was another president before him, and I can't remember his name. And I know that um, Barack Obama worked with him. I can't remember his name. Bad at names, but well, Putin, I think you're thinking he was president. Oh, yeah, yeah, was prime, was exactly. was prime minister. Went president under a different name. Yes, <clears throat> Putin was still pulling the strings, and then Putin got got but tired. Mid, of the was it Medvedev? Medvedev. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And we you do have to, to go to the break, blame, so make it quick. I blame so much of this on Putin. I blame so much of this on Putin. But the other thing, I do feel like Putin is benefiting off the corruption. It's not just him, but now he's on top. There's no way he would have gotten back to the top if it wasn't for just complete corruption underneath that was never addressed during Glasnost mm-hmm. and, and when, when, yeah. when Russia was trying to become a democracy. Yeah. Well, on that note... That was a bummer, huh? No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, whatchacallit, yeah, the ruble uh, is uh, currently... $1 equals 66.45 rubles. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, essentially toilet paper. And yet Trump wants to invest in Russia. Which says to me that's money laundering on Trump's part. I, I believe it. All right. Well, we got the Green News Report coming up. When we come back, we'll get into uh, name calling and uh, uh, some of your phone calls. So uh, hold tight. We'll be back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Occasionally, I get a jerk like you here. So thank you. KennyPick.com. 
It's Tuesday, August 27, 2019. Hectare after hectare of pristine forest just going up in smoke. International pressure and protests grow over record fires in Brazil's Amazon rainforest. Democratic National Committee shoots down climate-focused presidential debate. Keystone XL Pipeline clears another hurdle in Nebraska. Plus, President Trump denies a report that he wanted to stop hurricanes with nuclear weapons. The President of the United States floated nuking hurricanes. But he says he didn't? Yeah. Then he definitely did. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. David Koch of the zillionaire Koch brothers died. He was 79, but his family says they wish it could be longer, but at least he lived long enough to see the Amazon catch fire. (laughs) This is your... Green News Report. Mourners are being asked in lieu of flowers to just leave their car engine running. (laughs) Okay, Desi Doyen, this crisis in the Amazon rainforest is getting worse and worse by the day, by the hour. But before we get there... First big storm of the hurricane season? Well, it could be. As we go to air, Tropical Storm Dorian has formed in the Atlantic, and residents of Puerto Rico, who are still trying to recover two years after Hurricane Maria, are stocking up on supplies, while the President of the United States has reportedly floated the idea of nuking hurricanes. Axios reports that Donald Trump repeatedly asked senior national security officials about bombing hurricanes with nuclear weapons to stop them from hitting the United States. Now, first, that will not work. Okay. And second, yes, it would spread radioactive fallout to land areas around the world. Yeah, but if that land area is Puerto Rico, that may not be a problem for Donald Trump. Good point. NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, even has set up an explanatory website that says, quote, needless to say, this is not a good idea. Well, apparently, there is a reason that they need to say it. Meanwhile, in Brazil... Large protests have erupted in large cities across Brazil and outside Brazilian embassies around the world, with demonstrators demanding Brazil's right-wing president, Jair Bolsonaro, do more to fight the record number of fires now decimating the Brazilian Amazon, the world's largest tropical rainforest. Most of the fires are being set by illegal loggers, farmers, and ranchers clearing land in response to Bolsonaro's policies to open up the Amazon for development. International out Cry has succeeded in pressuring Bolsonaro to deploy military troops and two firefighting aircraft. At the same time, at the weekend meeting in France of the G7, the world's seven largest economies, G7 leaders agreed to donate $22 million to fight the record fires, which was dismissed by critics as paltry. Leonardo DiCaprio's foundation has also pledged $5 million. The G7 leaders also agreed to assist in funding a medium-term reforestation station plan. French President Emmanuel Macron warned that destruction of the Amazon is a global issue because it absorbs a chunk of humanity's carbon emissions, but also because of its influential role in driving global rainfall patterns. Brazil's Bolsonaro criticized that assistance as an attack on his country's sovereignty. So let me get this straight. The seven richest countries in the world could only come up with about $22 million, and Leo DiCaprio came up with $5 million all by himself? Yes. That 
is pathetic, isn't it? And on a side note, at the G7 summit, President Trump skipped the meetings on climate change, biodiversity, and oceans. Yeah, said he was busy with a meeting that ran long with Germany and India, and yet somehow the leaders of Germany and India... We're able to make that climate change meeting. Go figure. In Nebraska, a major victory for the company behind the controversial Keystone XL pipeline, the Nebraska State Supreme Court has given the go-ahead to an alternate route for the Keystone XL. Environmental activists, Native American tribes, and local landowners have sued to stop its construction due to the threat of an oil spill contaminating their lands and water supplies. I can't believe we are still fighting about the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, TC Energy, the new name for the old pipeline owner TransCanada, has not yet announced whether it will still move forward with that project. Bold Nebraska, a group opposing the pipeline, is asking 2020 Democratic presidential candidates to sign a pledge that they will shut it down if elected. Finally, the Democratic National Committee has voted down an initiative to hold a presidential debate singularly focused on climate change. That's a victory for party leadership and a defeat for environmental activists, demanding that the party do more to inform the public on candidates' comprehensive proposals to solve the climate crisis. And a defeat for the world. However, the DNC did approve a measure that will allow candidates to participate in non-DNC-sponsored climate debates. So for this generational challenge, that will involve mobilizing the entire United States. Two climate forums are scheduled for September 4 on CNN and September 20 on MSNBC. So there's that. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. But it's all about taking the easy way Hi, this is Tim Coromall from the Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. You use your tongue prettier in a $20 hole. You're like a word genius, and everything I say, you twist it around and make me look dumb. I like the way he talks. Do you really think that people don't know the things that I say? At IndieMediaWeekly.com. He even talks honky. I don't have any deals with Russia. Really? 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 Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, welcome back to the program. It's uh, been a very long time. Uh, very long time. Uh, since Rain's been back with us. So, welcome back to Rain for Freedom's blog, Washington, D.C. And, um, yeah. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. What? Do you do you guys have like two minutes? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it keep it as quick as possible because we'll I'll keep all, it as quick as possible. Yeah. So we got into we were supposed to get into Florida, Fort Lauderdale at three PM. Bob and I get to the airport, we find out about half an hour before our flight's supposed to board. It got cancelled. Oh. And so they said we can get you in at 11.30, which was problematic because Nissa and Mike were supposed to get into, they were supposed to get into uh, Fort Lauderdale around 9.30, 10 o'clock. 
Uh-huh. So we, we told them, dudes, we have to get in around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Figure out a way to get us to Fort Lauderdale. So Bob and I actually had the chance to fly to Houston. Transfer okay. from Houston to Fort Lauderdale. I got to go to Texas. Hey, that's fun. When we landed, we found out Nissa and Mike's uh, plane was delayed by five hours. They got in at one o'clock. Well, you know, I'll say this about your uh, experience. It sounds exciting and educational. They are exciting and educational, as you will see. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the debacle. So, uh, I I got a shot glass from Houston. Cool. I went to Houston, and all I got was this lousy shot glass. Uh, all right, and uh, Joe Santoris of Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Are you ready to be our guy Tuesday Steel Buns? What a fun, sexy time for you! <laughs> Buns of what a fun, steel. sexy time for you. <laughs> uh, there we go. And uh, all right, here we go, uh, Joe. Go out to Scranton with me. A place where dreams come true. There is no such thing as an appropriate joke. That's why it's a joke. I say it ain't so joke. I'm going to have you taking your car today. See, I have some top secret clown business that supersedes any plans that you might have for this here vehicle. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. We're going to be a bumpy one. <laughs> we could jam and joke your lives. What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Ain't no party like a Scranton party, cause a Scranton party don't stop. <laughs> All right, let's get straight to the biscuits. There you go, Joe. Well, maybe not biscuits, maybe buns. Yeah, oh, so, so we got tonight. buns, buns uh, on the buns agenda in the, tonight. in the chat room tonight. Yes. Number <laughs> uh, one. The only the only clip I have with buns in it uh, is this. Eh, your buns smell like locks, honey. I can smell them from here. So. <laughs> oh. Ooh. I love a good locks. There you go. Not on your buns. Okay. Huh? <laughs> not, not if your buns smell like locks. All right. There I'm with right. you. I'm with you. No, that's not good. It okay, we have legal. in the chat. In the chat, we have Bobber, Destroyer Kurt. Oh, whose new show Francie. can be heard. Uh, uh, well, Destroyer Kurt's new show premiered last Friday at 10.15 p.m. Eastern. and can be heard uh, every Friday at 10.15 p.m. And every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. It is called The Lunatic Parade. He and the rest of the crew from First Table Gaming talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Destroyer Kurt. And we have Francie. And we have Heather. Heather's Collie. Heather got her care package in the mail the other day. She needs to call and let us know. She needs to call in and uh, tell about the Christmas stocking I I sent her. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it didn't stink like a bun. I should have taken a picture of it. (laughs) Uh. Jay Collie, we have Cat, Kenny Pick, Kenny Pick Sr. Hello, Dad. 
cool black dude, otherwise known as Joey. Joey what? Joey in the house. He's in the house. We have living on Long Island. We have Meow Goodness. Meow. We have Michelle in South Florida. I hope that hurricane don't hit you. Miles is probably we there have- too. Miles is probably there too. I hope the hurricane misses you all. We have President Rain. I see you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Your camera. You best. We have, silence. We have, we have Sandy and Derwood, Theo, and last but certainly not least, Trojan Rabbit. All oh, right, let's get straight. Well, to damn it! The buns. <laughs> uh. eh, buns smell like locks, honey. I can smell them from here. Oh, that's bad. That's yeah. nasty. That's nasty buns. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've uh, I'll just play this because I've been playing. Uh, um, uh, since Trojan Rabbit's always last, I try and play a Monty Python clip. So bravely boats a robin. Brought forth from Camelot He was not afraid to die Oh, brave Sir Robin He was not at all afraid to be killed in nasty ways Brave, 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 brave Sir Robin He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp Or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken To have his kneecap split and his body burned away and his limbs all hacked and mangled, Fraser Robin. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raped and his bottom burnt off and his penis... That's, that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. Don't say penis in this house! There you go. <laughs> I love that clip. His <laughs> limbs all hacked and mangled. <laughs> and, his liver, penis? and his liver Is cut out. Yeah, that, that, that's the last line of this. The, but he cuts oh. him off because he goes, and his penis. And then, he, and then he's like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> See, every damn time I get so into that tune, I miss that part. Yeah, So, but he cuts him off because he's, they start describing in the song what's going to happen to his penis. And all right, lads, that's enough music for now. So, all right. He didn't end up to be a not a meat burger. I don't know if there's any birthdays or not, but let us know in the chat room. But Heather has called in to give us the full report on her magical prize uh, care package that that she got for knowing Kenny Pick the best uh, uh, during Thank that you. that last game nice. show night we did. So tell the folks nice. what I sent you. What'd you get? I got the first thing I'm going to tell you about, you're going to die laughing. Justin Bieber, Christmas stocking. Yes. <laughs> no. I found a brand new, yes. in a resale shop for a dollar, I found a brand new uh, Justin Bieber Christmas stocking, like a satin Christmas stocking with like old school Bieber oh. where he had the, the hair that swirled around his head like Trump. Um, yes. 
Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it, it's probably from like eight, nine, ten years ago. I have no idea how long that that little boy's been popular. But I saw it, and it was like Bieber. And I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking tacky and stupid. I need to send it to Heather. You know, and Heather, that is the perfect... If you ever do a white elephant gift exchange with people, that has to be your present for it. Yeah. So, I almost regret not keeping it. uh, My boyfriend likes bobblehead. Oh, yeah. uh, That was a donation uh, that I've been sitting on for a while from Kenny Pick Sr. It was a Thomas Jefferson bobblehead. That is really cool and also uh, he contributed I, I didn't know your size or anything i that was the only size i had in the there was a what vote union t-shirt or something um mm-hmm. that was also a contribution from kenny pick senior from again i've been sitting on all this prize stuff um i uh, the last last batch of stuff last year i think i, I finally gave away all the the lassie stuff that that Joe uh, graciously donated. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I was getting to our next wave of stuff. And from Francie, there was a little Ewok <laughs> from. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that. That Francie gave that to me at Bob and Rain's party. Uh, so I'm still sitting on some other little goodies that Francie gave me to to pass out as prizes. But I thought the little Ewok would go your way. Oh, that was too cute. Did you like the incense? That's my favorite brand of incense. It's the Nagachampa. Yes. Okay. I was afraid you'd open up the box and be like, what's that stink? So, (laughs) I didn't want to send you too much, so I sent you a little sample size box. But that's the if oh, I yeah. burn it if I burn incense that is the incense I burn. I can't burn it that much anymore because Susan doesn't do well with the smoke. But every once in a while, I'll uh, put one on in the garage if I'm like you know, um, smoking crack. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I use a lot of paint and harsh chemicals with things that I, I uh, am working on in the garage. So every once in a while, I'll be like, eh, I'd rather smell something else. You know, so. Oh, and that magazine. Oh, the... the um, what was it, Hustler? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was actually a magazine from 1971 with a oh. picture of Carol Burnett <gasps> and Jody. No, that's not Jody. That's one of her other sisters. Because um, I, I, I showed that to Jody when I bought it. I, I bought it I bought it at a, a resale shop down in the antiques district here uh at a place uh-huh. called Su- sweet lorraine's and i saw it and you know it's got this really sensational story that's like you know uh something like carol burnett needs uh, electric fences and guard dogs protect her family and and <laughs> i i sent jody a picture of the cover and she was like that's bullshit <laughs> and she said, and but she said that that's one of my that's one of was one of her older sisters, because Jody's just a little bit older than me, so that I think that picture would she would have been, uh that because that the the kid on the front was probably about three I think, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure when she was born, but I'm I'm not sure, but she said that wasn't her, so, but um, okay, but she's I think four years older than we are so she's okay yeah she said it wasn't her so i don't know jody for sure it might have been a slightly older picture though i don't know 
So, but she said it wasn't her uh, when I sent it to her. So that's what I'm going on. Darn. But, oh well, but it's still cool to have the picture at Carol. Oh yeah, it's a fun magazine For too. That. There's also an article in there called "What Stars Go Braless." <laughs> <laughs> I I I, yeah. I actually read because there was a quote from Lawrence Welk in that, and he was definitely opposed to women going brawless. <laughs> oh He's like, I don't like oh. it, and a one, and a two. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I count it right, one, two. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes, That's not if it's true. Total Recall. Um. But uh, but yeah. So uh, let me see. What so what else was in there? I threw it. Uh, you got a copy of Mad Libs, like all the turnips did at the at Rain's party. Yeah. I sent you one. Um, and uh, which one did you get? Did you get Mad Libs and Love or Primetime Mad Libs? One of those. Mad Libs and Love. Oh, there you oh. go. It, it was mostly filled out. So. Yeah, it was mostly filled out. It's funny. Oh, Cat, uh, yeah, Cat's probably right. I think that was uh Aaron, the Jody sister Aaron. So that yeah, that picture that's probably probably a kid that was maybe 1 1 and a half years old on the cover. Oh, okay. So um uh, but anyway, um yeah, so I, yeah, I guess Jody would have been a little older there. But uh and let me see. I threw in some other stuff. I threw in a glow in the dark snake, a glow in the dark bat. Mm-hmm. A little skull, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and I, I forget what else there was. Oh, and I threw in a little, just a goofy pack of candy that I got, like Twizzlers. Oh gosh, that stuff was actually good. Some kind of Twizzlers thing. <laughs> I don't know. The, um, Twizzler. Oh my god, those were really good. It was just a little pack. It was like you know a single serving it's pack just of candy. A little thingy, but yeah. it's you know they were really good. I shared them with my boyfriend. Well, isn't that nice, yeah? What's your boyfriend's first name? Mike. Mike. Okay, cool. Good Hello, Mike. <laughs> I am Mike. And uh, what well, was I, it? Oh, oh! I threw in a DVD. Lucky has three movies <laughs> on it. Three whole movies on the DVD, and they're all about our personal uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus oh. Christ. So, <laughs> so that was that was I in thought. a that was in a baggie hanging on my doorknob the other day. <laughs> so, oh, good lord! Oh, good lord is right three times. There's you know that's the holy trinity of uh, DVDs. You know you got Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all on separate tracks with commentary. So, uh, oh my gosh, your laugh is. <laughs> I think that might be it. I don't think because I know I just kept seeing things and throwing them in there. The Bieber one was the one I waited uh, that I that I saw and I was like, okay, I got to rebox this. So um, it that just took me a little while to hilarious. do it. Hilarious. But yeah, I don't think uh, that was and, absolutely hilarious. I, don't, I think yeah, I think we rattled off all the best stuff. There might have been some other little bric-a-brac, but I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, are you happy? Were, was it a nice uh, surprise of, of 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 junk? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the yeah, t-shirt's nice pretty cool. The, stuff. You know, I had no idea what size you are in t-shirt, so I, you know, I had two XLs in that. So you know, you can wear it, Michael can wear it, whoever can wear it, whoever it fits. Wear it as a night shirt if it's way too big. You know, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool shirt and. The bobblehead I thought was really cool, so thank you, Dad, for uh, put 
chucking that in the mix. So, but, uh, you know, Susan found it. She was like, oh, I found some of the prize stuff for, you know, uh, you know, after, after we had that show. She was like, I found the stuff for the Jefferson Hour. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, there's a Thomas Jefferson bobblehead. And I was like, no, Dad gave us that. That's not for the Jefferson Hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> but why not? <laughs> well, he's sitting on top of the bookshelves. Well, there you go. That's fun. So. I hope you can share some pictures. You know, I think I will take some pictures of him. You got to take a picture of the, the Justin Bieber stalking and share it with everybody because I I forgot to. One of my um, reporter friends about the bobblehead because I think she would think that's cute. Regift it. You can regift <laughs> it. You won't offend me. So. Oh no! I like it. Again. Um. I like well, the bobblehead. I think he's cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> oh, look at this. Sandy and Derwood says... Sandy and Derwood <laughs> says, I will save you all the junk we find as we pack so you have new prize giveaways. <laughs> all right, Sandy. Awesome. Um, uh, let me see. Oh, and Michelle, no, I'm sorry. Uh, we've been still running around. I haven't had a chance to show Susan uh, Miles' story. But it will happen, I promise. We got downtime coming up, especially with the holiday weekend. So, but uh, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. If, if anybody has weird stuff out there they want to donate at any point, you know, because I'd love to get back into doing the prize package things. I don't mind paying for the shipping to send stuff out. It's never that expensive. So, um, and you know, I just and, and and you guys donate on Patreon, so I just consider it taking it out of that. But um, it's not like I do it every week or something. So, but uh, yeah. So, anything else on your mind before we uh, wrap it up with you, Heather? No. Nope. Well. And I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Enjoy all those lovely uh, fragile major awards you got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And all we, right, talk to you soon. All right, we'll talk to you very soon. So, there she goes, everybody. Bye, Heather. Bye, our bye. good friend Heather. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, yeah, there we go. Heather's out, but she got her prize package, and uh, she's just the latest turn up to get a little special something via turn up the night. <laughs> I like giving people stuff, but yeah, once I start really working on the attic, uh, I'm probably gonna have like some crazy stuff to give away uh i think i want to do a big christmas giveaway of you know uh maybe the and this is the perfect thing because what i can do is because there are certain things that we've all decided susan and i have decided we cannot re-gift to like because we're like oh my god we forgot who gave us this and we don't want to re-gift it to the wrong person you know or something that just is unregiftable to anybody in our circle so you know we'll put all that stuff together and some other stuff because i've got like you know some pretty cool old like toys and stuff like that that are still in the package and whatever that i don't have space or desire for anymore so uh yeah i'll put together some fun stuff we'll we'll do the the regifting from cleveland contests uh on the on the lead up to christmas how about that 
So I'll get, send over, send out some some stocking stuff for prize packs. So, uh, meow goodness says I have an astounding collection of bad taste bears. I have <laughs> no idea what that means. I don't know so, what that is. So I'm gonna is it like the bad news bears, but you lick them. Uh, so, <laughs> oh God, okay, yeah, yeah, meow goodness. <laughs> I just go- did a goo goo church, uh, and I'm just gonna Uh-oh. say, I'm gonna say everybody, don't do a goo goo church don't out there. No, no, church. I said don't. I said don't. No, bad taste bears. They're terrible. They're terrible. Not the worst things you could Google, but they're pretty funny. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> the first one I saw was one digging in its crotch, uh, in, in its uh, underpants. I, I just saw the one. I just no. saw the one with. <laughs> the one with her, her hand in the sink. Oh, in the sink. No, never mind. Y'all, y'all I can't even explain Googled. it. Okay, y'all there's one. There's there's one. There's one fucking a sheep. There's one fucking a sheep. There's one with there's one with uh, uh, breasts and genitalia covered in shaving cream. <laughs> But her pan- panties pulled down to her knees. Oh <laughs> That's boy! Weird. Well, uh, well. Okay. Well, there we go. We- worse than Tommy Lawrence. Oh, there's there's a chest burster one. There's like an a, a, a xenomorph popping out of the chest of one. That's kind of cute. There's another oh, there's one. Two twister oh, there's that are doing it doggy style. Oh my it's god! Not- there's a human centipede one. Christ, meow! What the hell did you do? Oh no! Where did he the, find this stuff? Oh, oh he d- he didn't find it. He told you. He has the collectibles. That's what I mean. Oh, he has these collectibles. Wow! Oh. There's a website. Oh, Rain found it. So, all right, well, we might, I might have to get the human centipede one to give away for Christmas. <laughs> um, anyway, there it's called the Munch Bunch. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the I, the I like human centipede one. one is called the Munch Punch. Oh my God! They're biting each other's ass as they walk. That's yeah. good. No, that well, they're sti- their lips are sewn to one another's buttholes. That's what Human Centipede the oh, movie is oh. about. Oh, Ooh. did I just inform you guys? Did I spoiler alert? Human Centipede is about a mad scientist who stitches uh, people's lips to other people's anuses and then makes them eat and makes the first one eat and then I'm not, you know I'm not going to google that. You know what? That sounds like Trump's attorney general. It's kind of like his whole cabinet, really. It's yeah. the human centipede administration. Okay. Yep. So with shark uh you know, shark boy general uh in the lead. So anyway, let's go ahead and uh and go to the break. Thank you for that. You made my voice crack, meow. Let's go to the break. I just saw bad taste bears. Uh, all right. Change. All right, we're going to the break. We'll be right back. Oh man, yeah. We, oh, that's right. I am doing it right now. Okay, yeah. Never mind. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Boy, that's that's getting to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? What what kind of radio station is this? KennyPick.com. The bada bod. The bada bod. The bada bod. The bottom bod. The bottom bod. The bottom bod. 
And now, on with the show. We, we got lumps of it around the back. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare, Prepare to, to make, make computer, computer to computer, computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com, Worldwide Radio for Humans. Still working on that music license thing. We'll see what happens. I'm kind of pissed off i never got a phone call back from live 365 so i guess i'm gonna have to do it the hard way via email they want me to sign up for an account and then just be like okay do it and i'm like no i need to fucking talk to somebody so uh anyway uh this show uh our sponsor is uh <laughs> not bad taste bears <laughs> although a boy can dream uh so uh of course welcome back joe santorsa scranton pennsylvania the electric city did i just teach you uh, about the the what the movie human centipede was all about yes you did yes you did wow okay and uh isn't a pretty picture i'll no. tell you that no uh-uh. so uh, yeah no yeah this segment is brought to you by greenland we are for sale <laughs> uh maybe not uh yeah oh you see tayron tom chimed in on that today well it's a great idea Herp. yeah yeah it was my idea he's taking the bullet for donnie there's an article in the washington post or one of them that says why don't you people stop making up stuff to cover up for his insanity Uh, you know like just stop stop making shit up just like every time he says something really like stupid or insane they go they'll go and they go on google and try to figure out who who said this before like oh a truman tried to buy greenland yeah yeah. well and it was a bad idea then and And, yes exactly and rain from four freedoms blog washington dc also not in greenland or trying to purchase it uh welcome back no, I'm not trying to purchase it. And also, nuking, nuking hurricanes is stupid. Oh, my God. Well, Totally fake story. The whole thing is stupid. And going back to what Joe just said about how, you know, people go on to Google to say who said it first. Um, Eisenhower thought about it first. And it was quickly quashed because everybody told Eisenhower that hurricanes have more energy than any nuclear bomb. Plus, hurricanes don't have, I don't know, what if nuclear you, radiation. What if you just pointed it at an angle? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're at the place where we're actually debating, oh my God. What if we threw a bunch of Chinese steel at it? <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would just be steel floating in the air coming you know I, I wouldn't you know what i wouldn't be surprised if he just decided to throw our entire treasury at it and just have the money just you know uh lost in you know the the atlantic now you know, you know when this whole 
nuking the tornado thing came out, a lot of people said, this is the plot of Sharknado, right? Right? I don't know. I, I've never seen the movie, so... It was pretty, pretty much the plot of Sharknado. The plot of the original Sharknado was, we're going to bomb the tornado that has all the sharks. Yeah. I can't... I don't and think I much... And I heard that, yeah. and I thought that was ridiculous. And then I was reminded that the third Sharknado, the third one, when it came, I think it was the third one, when it came to DC, Donald yeah. Trump was supposed to play the president. Well, Ann Coulter was in that one, wasn't she? Yes, yes, Ann Coulter was in that one. Donald Trump was originally slated to play the president, but he got knocked out of the project because he was actually running for president. Oh, my God. Anyway, all right, so, we, we, we got audio we need to get to because this, this is kind of important. Um, uh, John Heilman on MSNBC today, was this on Nicole Wallace's show? Uh, is that yes. where this audio came I from? I think it was yesterday. It, yeah. Yes, it was yesterday. Yeah. So Joe Walsh is going to try and primary Fat Donnie. And I say go for it. I'm not saying you're a good candidate. I'm not saying you're a good person. I, I think you're horrible. I fucking hate your guts, Joe Walsh. The only thing I want is for you to be uh, as bedbugs are to the Doral Resort. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, do that to Trump. You know, if, if he can just fucking annoy Trump or get Trump tweeting about him instead of fucking AOC or somebody else, um, yeah, go for it. But yeah, Joe Walsh, he, he's horrible. You know, a lot of people are saying he's kind of the original Trump. Now, Sarah Palin's the original Trump, but um, uh, Joe Walsh is, is a, 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 as John Hyland points out, a stone-cold racist. Um, and uh, he shouldn't, you know, it, but the thing is, I wish people would have been able to talk to Trump like this and stood their ground against Trump. But uh, uh, Joe Walsh seems to be taking a very capitulatory stance on his old remarks and apologizing. I don't, that doesn't let him off the fucking hook for me because some of the shit he said was unforgivable. Um, so, But John Heilman really took... Joe Walsh to task, and I I, uh, I like that. You've apologized for helping to spawn Trump. You've apologized for going too far. Yeah. You know, look, what Nicole said a second ago is true. For a lot of people, the fact is the president's a stone-cold racist, and so are you. And I can sit here and read Ooh. off tweets. Barack Obama's a Muslim. Barack Obama's born in Kenya. I got tweets here with you using the N-word not that long ago. And, and I think for a lot of people, the notion that anybody who has exhibited, you can apologize for various things. Yeah. Apologizing for burping at the table or using the wrong fork uh, with your main course is different from offering some kind of a genuine recognition that not just I said things that are offensive, but I'm a racist. I said racist stuff. There's no way someone who has, who, yeah. to many African Americans, looks like as much a racist yeah. as Donald Trump has the moral standing to challenge Donald Trump. Yeah. And I wouldn't call myself a racist, but I would say, John, I I've would. said racist things Bullshit. on Twitter. There's no doubt about it. Um, and an apology is not enough. When I said Barack Obama was a Muslim, that was a horrible thing to say. And I said it because I, I, I was so disgusted with Obama's policy toward Israel that I went a bad, ugly step. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, uh, on. There, there, his stance toward Israel. His stance towards Israel. Oh, do you mean his stance towards uh, uh, Bibi Net Nutty Yahoo? 
because that the, they're not one in the fucking same, you Republican butthole. Right. But there's there's a little bit more there, and I don't know if we got that far where he basically I, I got, said. I I have I have more if you if you want me to uh, keep playing. Yeah, the, like next, a, the next part is where I have I have real issues with him. Yeah, I just I just paused it, but yeah, there's like a solid three and a half minutes of, of this. Uh, it's it doesn't go as far as that. Well, and so I just want to put this out there real quick. Just yeah, just yell, the reason yeah. why the reason why I said that is because I was so angry at Barack Obama and his policies towards Israel, which yeah. simply says to me, "Dude, you have anger issue problems. You have a problem. Period." With True. Barack Obama in the end. You're, you're yeah. basically saying that you said those things about Barack Obama because you were angry about his policies towards Israel when he, at the time, was saying really nasty, racist-ass shit about Barack Obama. He called him boy. with Israel. He called him boy in, like, one of his major yes. uh, campaign... Yeah. So uh, he's, he's trying to... It, here's the thing. He's trying to say, oh, I was really angry at Barack Obama about his policies towards israel no no you were a fucking stone cold racist who hated barack obama and you're trying to say that you your anger got out of control which says to me you ain't you ain't much better than no trump oh he's he's yeah he, he's in cut from the same cloth and he's a deadbeat dad folks did you know that mm-hmm. uh yes but yeah Continuing. The Sandy Hook moms, I took a cheap shot against them three years ago because they were suing gun manufacturers, an issue that I disagree with. So I took a bad, cheap shot against them. I've done that. But John, again, context. I've probably sent out 40,000 tweets in the last six years. No excuse. You and I could sit down and find two to 300 that you'd say, Walsh, what were you thinking? And all I can do is own them and explain them and apologize as sincerely as I can for those that deserve an apology. I'll I'll just say I think you got a lot of work to do on trying to make a distinction between somehow convincing people. I'm not a racist, but I've said a lot of racist stuff in public. Well, but but again, that's not fair because we, we have a short show. You said I said the N word in a tweet. I did. And I did to make a point because they wanted to change the name of the Washington Redskins. So they said Redskins is the new N word. That's BS. The Red- Are you Native American? Yeah. Do you get to fucking qualify that or quantify that, Mr. Walsh? Hey, white man. White man does. Yeah, yeah. White. You, you want to white explain that? I mean, it, we're talking about. He, he's a member of the party who thinks that the the most. Uh, oppressed uh, uh, group in the in the nation is straight white Christian men. You know, they think they're the most yeah. oppressed people. But but you know, to 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 say to a Native American that I'm sorry, this isn't as volatile as that. Fuck you! You don't get to you don't get to fucking say that because guess what? You're racist for t- even if you didn't say the N word. That's a, what what you just described with him talking about the Redskins is no different than what he than when he tried to defend his his reasoning for calling Barack Obama a Muslim. It, 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 the, the the defense is the same. You need to understand it in mm-hmm. context, which is what every fucking racist does. Yeah, and the Sandy Hook moms, I made a cheap shot at them. Yeah. 
how fucking dare sorry. you? I'm really sorry about that, but he's not oh, sorry. He's I, I not was sorry angry about. about I was angry about gun control. I was angry about going after gun manufacturers. How dare you go after the people who make the weapons that kill your babies? Yeah, so he's just angry man. about things, and he feels like it's okay to go after people, real wow. human beings, and and go after them personally because he's angry. Which says to me, maybe Joe Walsh has an anger problem. Uh, per, perhaps, mayhaps. Well, um, I, I think. Go ahead, Joe. He's uh, he, him and uh, who's the other guy that's running? Uh, Bill Weld? Um, yeah, they're, they're symptomatic of something much larger going on here that I object to. And that is these men are attempting to decouple Trump from the Republican Party. Yes. They are looking yes. down the road at the disaster that's coming and are trying to make the case that he's not a Republican. Yeah. That they're the real Republicans. So that when this all collapses, this is the Republicans' off-ramp. And I object to any attempt to decouple the Republican Party from Donald Trump. The Republican Party is Joe Walsh, is Mark Sanford, is Donald Trump. They are all one and the same. There's no mm -hmm. decoupling this. Trumpism will forever be the stain on the Republican Party. And let's not let them get away with this. They're all racist, yeah, Joe, deadbeat dads gotta, hiking the Appalachian Trail. I got to tell you, I mean, when I heard that that interview from Deadline White House, and I heard another one, I think earlier in the day, yesterday or the day before, from, I can't remember, the other host, who called him out equally. You're right. We're, <clears throat> you're completely right. It seems like Joe Walsh is trying. I haven't heard anything about Appalachian Trail, dude. Joe Walsh is really trying to decouple, but he's doing a terrible job of it. Oh, yeah. He really is doing a terrible job of it. No, he's, a, he's a terrible person. Yeah. But, I mean, all these people are, are just doing the, what I, I see coming, which is once all this goes down, the Republican Party is going to try to say, uh, 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 that's not us. Yeah. They're going to try to decouple from this man, and we cannot let them get away with this. Well, let's let's hear the last bit. Is uh, uh, he took quite the drubbing from uh, John Heilman, and uh, we got like forty more seconds of it here. Redskins doesn't equate with the N word. The N word has a unique, ugly history in this country. To make that point, I wrote down the N word in a tweet to make the point that it's not nearly what the word Redskins is. But you get that in combination with calling the president Muslim, saying that he was born in Kenya, et cetera, et cetera, that this paints a little bit of a picture here that makes people doubt again your moral standing to take on someone whose primary or at least one of his primary moral failings is his racism right yeah, and i don't know look here's the thing and john maybe you and i disagree with this and i never did get in the birther stuff i said obama was a muslim yeah I'll bullshit because that was a horrible bar. thing to say i don't think bullshit. trump's a racist all trump cares about is himself mm -hmm. i mean he'll throw out racist stuff bigoted stuff if you help him that's all he cares about he didn't go whole hog into the birther thing, but exactly. all of his language, all of his language about Obama was right fucking there. So, oh, well, I didn't get into the whole birther thing. Well, fuck you. It doesn't fucking matter. You were doing, you were doing the bidding of the birthers. You were paving Eddie the way for their ugliness. 
here's the thing. Any fucking Republican, any anybody who said that Barack Obama is a Muslim, you're a birther. Mm-hmm. You're a birther by, by proxy. We see you. We know your dog whistles. Oh, and don't forget people like Muslim. Don't forget exactly. Yeah, and don't forget don't forget those cowards like Eric Cantor who would say, "Oh, well, that's for the president to tell you whether or not he's a Christian." uh, I can't see into a man's heart. You know those dirt bags. I called him a Muslim, but I wasn't in the Bertha thing. Fuck you. I know that. I'm I'm fucking. I'm a white woman. I know exactly what you did. Yeah. I sprayed gas on the fire, but I didn't light the match. Exactly, Joe. Yep, there you go. I used the spritzer. And but. and the fact that he actually defended, oh, I used the N-word on Twitter to defend the Redskins. Stop. Stop. Nice, nice entitlement. If you're a white person, don't use the N-word, period. Nice entitlement there. I use the N-word to tell... You know, in, in the, don't you love it? In the same yes. breath, he's in the same breath. He's saying, "Oh, it has this whole different historical, horrible contexts and connotations to it." Yeah, because white people used it against African Americans. So maybe don't put it in your fucking tweet, you entitled racist piece of garbage. Yeah, and this this is why I I I hope that Joe Walsh gives Donald Trump a hard time. But the problem I have with Joe Walsh is that he is no different to me than Donald Trump when it comes to his racism, his isolationism, his his bigotry, his sexism, all the isms. Mm-hmm. Joe Walsh is smarter than Donald Trump. Well, and, and here's the thing about him, and you know, it's funny that Mark Sanford is is thinking. Or did he throw his hat in officially? To primary I Trump? I didn't hear if it was officially or not. I, okay, well, I, I might either way. I know you Bill, know his little Weld from Massachusetts. Yeah. has been in officially yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, and and he's he's okay in my book. You know, I mean, not like I'm saying okay. You know, he said he would have voted for Clinton over Trump. So when he was running with Gary, what's uh, what's his name? Um, Gary Libertarian dude. Yeah crazy you know star child um uh, but the thing is you know and again i I don't know enough about bill weld to really even care about him i just want more thorns in trump's side that's all i want um i I understand that but uh just to throw him off his game but but the the, concern yeah well i the the one i have one point i want to make about about the what joe walsh is reminding me of is that press conference that that um, uh, I just said his name, Mark Sanford, went out and gave after he, the the classic Appalachian Trail thing, where he was like faking crying and then he would stop crying and say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! I'm not done crying yet." That's what he reminds me of on this little apology tour. Where he's like, you just have to understand and listen to me as to why I'm sorry for making these racist things. I'm still racist, but I'm sorry that I'm racist because everybody's a little racist. You know, that is exactly kind of what I was getting at. So fucking insincere. Yeah, and let's not forget one thing about Joe Walsh that we haven't discussed. Remember what he said when they asked him what his 
breaking point was with Trump. Yeah, Helsinki. Did he say Charlottesville? No. Arthurism? Did he say the the, the massacres at the at the uh, at the uh, uh, the t- the temple in Pittsburgh? Nope. Did nope. he say it was the racist killings in in San Antonio? Nope. No. He didn't even mention Las Vegas. He didn't mention Las Vegas. He didn't mention any of the racist thing, racial things. Did he say no. mention putting baby put, putting brown babies in cages? Nope. Nope. No. Nope. What was the breaking point? Oh, Helsinki. Yep. Helsinki. So this is Mr. I'm not a racist, he but is. all those things he was willing to give him a buy. What broke him was Helsinki. And that and that's the thing that I was getting at when I I'm sorry for interrupting you about that Ken earlier. That's okay. Joe just brought it really into full focus. What Joe Walsh is doing is saying I'm a nicer racist. That's all. Than yeah. Trump is. I'm, I'm a racist who will racist say racist things. Is. I'm a racist who will say racist things and then give insincere apologies when I'm done. Yes. Yeah. He's a smarter racist. He knows how to project his racism better than Trump. He is a better racist than Trump. And that is, I think, what is going... When anybody who supports Joe Walsh at this point, they're going to be like, yeah, he's a better racist than Trump. And it could it could draw off support from Trump. But the bottom line is that Joe Walsh is not... He has not denounced his racism. In that interview that you played, that guy directly said to his face, you're a racist. And he said, I would not characterize myself as a racist. But he didn't say, I'm not, I don't endorse racism. He's, Joe Walsh is a racist. Absolutely. And he's basically out there trying to say, I'm a better racist <clears throat> than Donald Trump. That's yeah. my takeaway. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, that's all we have for Joe Walsh tonight. We, um, Oh, yeah. Trojan Rep says, well-supported gay rights, abortion rights, and legalization of medical marijuana. So, yeah. Well, there you go. There's something uh, I did not know that about Bill Weld. So, that's, you know, that's something. And I've never heard anything that Bill Weld has said that struck me as being racist. But he wasn't a fucking uh, conservative asshole talk show host like Joe Walsh either. So, you know. I mean, he was doing that to build up his base, you know, his listener base. But anyway, uh, we got to go to the break. Uh, when we come back, we definitely want to talk about this bed bug story for at least a few minutes. And then we got to get to Mad Libs because uh, this is kind of huge. Uh, but anyway, um, what do we want to hear on this break? We should play. Oh, we should play the list because I finally found it the other day. Um and uh there it is the list by bob rouse there it is um i know that guy i i heard you uh saw him in florida the other day i did cool and i, I also did. heard you saw him in uh, houston as well i did <laughs> and austin briefly and so. austin. <laughs> <laughs> i read his clarification on the on the uh your trip but anyway, uh, here we go. We got to go to the break. We'll be right back with uh, a little bit more of this Tuesday edition. Turn up the night right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. A smooth talking, jive talking street thug. KennyPick.com.
Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Hi, I'm Tim Coromall, host of The Tim Coromall Show. And I'm Joe Santos, a co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Where is it that you're from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Like Erie. 
fury. What was once the mistake by the lake is now the roar by the shore. I'm rapidly becoming a big underground success in this town. Cleveland has taken its honored place in the building of America. All right, welcome back to the final segment of this Tuesday edition of Turn Up Tonight with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. This is one of our last shows of the month, folks. It's going to be September, believe it or not. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, well, of course, that that grunt, that uh, disgusted grunt you just heard, was Joe Santorza, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Are you ready for fall? Grunt. Yeah, yes. <laughs> wasn't a grunt. It was. It was. It was a more. Was it a guffaw? Was it a grunt? Was it a? It was a, a half grunt, half guffaw. A wretch. You know. Yeah. Like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what happened to summer? Um. I don't know. But you know. Uh. What happens after the boys of summer have gone? Well then, there's there's the boys of fall. Oh, okay. Makes sense <laughs> in a seasonal okay. way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, rain from Four Freedoms blog, Washington D.C., the Beltway Bureau, the bubble. Uh, we need to talk about something. And of course, welcome back, rain. Thank you. And By the way, the boys of summer saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I couldn't remember the I couldn't remember the <laughs> uh, the the lyrics. I just was thinking of the boys of summer. Don Henley, right? Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. So that's a good song. Summer's that's not a- done until mid September, guys. Yeah. You know, I believe Don Henley had some songs on the Miami Vice soundtrack as well as Phil Collins. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm sure. Did you know? Okay, you didn't know, but I'm going to tell you. When we were down there in Fort Lauderdale, we the got human to see- centipede is about people whose lips are sewn to other people's buttholes. <laughs> I knew that. No, no. Go ahead. We got, to, we got to see the club where um, the pool in Caddyshack, where evidently there was he a turd. Up the candy bar in. Yeah, Baby Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we got to see that club. Um. All right. All right. I'm all right. <laughs> Nobody worry about me. No. Yeah. Kill oh, that groundhog. Like groundhogs now. Yeah. 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 Well, let's not get into the weeds like a groundhog <laughs> would get into the weeds <laughs> and under a deck. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and um, uh, get to this bed bugs thing because dad, uh, apparently, uh, Kenny Pick Sr., was. Uh, Precient. Because he sent me a story, and, and I looked at it, and I read it, and I was, like, thinking about mentioning it, but it wasn't, um, it was an older story. It was, uh, the story uh, was from 2016, September 7th, almost three years ago now. Uh, and, of course, it was updated July 29th, 2019. <laughs> uh, so, so, but, well, July 29th. So, so, Dad sent me the update on the story. Traveler, this is from Jose uh, Lambier uh, from the Miami Herald. I don't know how to say his last name, but I think it's Lambier. Um, Traveler, bedbugs devoured me at Trump Resort. 
Don't let the bed bugs bite. We'll never sound the same for uh, business traveler Eric Linder after this March, and that was in 2016, at uh, Trump National Doral Miami Resort. Trump National Doral Miami Resort. Linder is suing a presidential candidate, Donald Trump's resort, claiming he was attacked by voracious bedbugs during his night uh, in one of the property's fancy Jack Nicholas-themed villas. And according to Linder, the insects left uh, dozens of swollen welts on his face, neck, arms, and back, and made him wary of staying at hotels, even five-star ones like Trump's Doral. <sighs> I was deceived by Trump's image, Linder said. You were? You've seen his image and you stayed in his hotel? I mean, seriously, scumbag, white trash, presidential nominee, or, or you know, at the point, at that point? You were deceived by the white trash reality TV star, piece of garbage, bastard, comb over, orange spray tan, you know, fucking racist moron? You were deceived by the image? What image? The big gold letters? Nothing says tacky and gross like that. Uh, it's a five-star resort where this shouldn't happen. It was really traumatic. <sighs> Trust me when I tell you it's uh, horrible to wake up in the morning and understand that bugs were crawling all over you at night. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Linder, 63, of New Jersey, works for an insurance company he declined to name. He said he was at the resort for part of a pension plan convention when he decided to extend his time on the property for a short vacation. On the night of a, uh, after the convention, they came up to my room in the main building and told me they needed to move me because they had problems with a pipe in the upstairs bedroom. So they put me in the Jack Nicholas villa. Linda said the aftermath was just as harrowing as the, as the actual night. I went to an urgent care clinic and they had me cover my body with an ointment for 24 hours, Linda said. And I went to uh, my doctor once I got home and he put uh, me on antibiotics. Linder said he refused to leave with the clothes he had at the resort, including several suits for business meetings, because he was worried he'd take the bed, bag, bed bugs back home. He refused to say whether he supports Trump for president, but Linder said, if I was Trump, this incident would definitely make me... Re if I was for Trump, this incident would definitely make me rethink it. And I've been wondering if anyone will bring up bed bugs in the debate against Hillary. Uh... uh <sighs> Efforts to reach Trump Doral's attorneys were unsuccessful. So, yeah, so Dad sent me this uh, as it was updated uh, because I guess, I guess the lawsuit was settled recently. I don't know. I don't know why it was updated on July 29th. I'm not seeing what the update was. Um, But, yeah, so so Dad sent me this less than a month ago, and what, what, what was old is new again, thanks to Fat Donnie, because... Some people brought this lawsuit up, this settlement, because it's been settled. They settled with this guy. And Trump is saying that it's a bunch of democratic, socialist, commie, libtard lies. <laughs> no, you fucking settled. There's, this guy has photographs of bed bug bites on his neck and face and medical records to back up in the Jack Nicholas suite you upgraded him to. You're a slumlord. You can't even fucking, you know... It, it, oh, my God. Imagine what the White House looks and smells like at this point. Well, there's a lot of rats in there. 
Oh, my God. So, anyway. Thank you, Donald Trump, for bringing this to the the globe's attention. Because Trump bedbugs has been trending on Twitter all day. (laughs) And, thankfully, now this is... Why not? This should be brought up in the debates, whoever our uh, Democratic uh, nominee is. If these, you know, would-be usurpers can't knock Trump out. Ask about the bed bugs. Bring facts. Well, here, here's the thing. There, I think, well, the reason why this got brought up is because today Donald Trump said that he wants to hold the next G7 summit at Trump Doral. Yeah, exactly. Here, 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 here. Listen, I, I have it. Um, I got the audio for it. I totally, totally slipped my mind because I was so grossed out. But listen to this. I got to get my back scratcher out while I play this, too. I think we'll have a very successful... <laughs> G7. Um, it'll probably be in Miami, right next to the international airport. Great location. Uh, it's one of the biggest airports. Takes planes from everywhere. You know, sometimes you have hours and hours of driving to get to certain locations. We'll have. No. We'll only have a five-minute drive, which is good. You land in Miami International Airport, and uh, so we uh, we think we're going to have a very successful one, and we can learn from what took place here because I think they did a really great job, even architecturally. The way the rooms were set up and designed, and I think they really did. We got some good ideas. The Jack Nicholas Suite. But there won't be any surprises. We haven't made a final decision, but it's right next to the airport, right, right there. Meaning, you know, a few minutes away. It's uh, it's a great place. It's got tremendous uh, acreage. Bed bugs. Uh, many hundreds of acres. Bed bugs. So we can handle whatever happens. It's really bed bugs. Really it. Plus, it has bed bugs that have. 50 to 70 units. Bed bugs. Each delegation can have its own bed bugs. So you'd have the seven uh, various delegations. They could have their own buildings. Bed bugs. And they could have buildings for the press. Bed bugs. Great great conference facilities. So bed bugs. Thinking about it, they love the location. Bed bugs. The hotel and they also like the fact that it's right next to the airport. Bed bugs. Convenience and it's Miami. Doral, Miami. Bed bugs. It's a great area. I can tell you, honest to God, I've driven past the Doral. Mm-hmm. It is not five minutes from Miami Airport. He didn't even say. He said it's a few minutes. He didn't even say five minutes. I don't think. Um, He's lying. And 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 the air, the, the whatever that thing is, it just it looks like every one of your run of the mill um, timeshare resorts. Yeah, with bed bugs. With bed bugs. But I don't know. So if I many, this. the most. Trump Doral. Trump Doral. <laughs> Here's something from July 22nd of this year. <clears throat> Trump Doral pools have not been inspected by health officials. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Ken, Ken Senior says, "What's wrong with Camp David for G7?" Trump doesn't go to Camp David. Very rarely. He's been Trump, there a couple um, times. Barack Obama had the G the G7 at. Camp David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but it's yeah, also so secure. Trump Doral also has a lot of people who are from Russia who the women have the babies there. Oh, God. You remember that story, right? Yeah, I do. I do. But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off about the pools, though. The pools, uh, they, they don't have them inspected. They don't have them inspected, which means people pee in them. You could get that that uh, there's that fecal-born 
disease that's going around swimming pools now like crazy. And comes out of people's butts, goes into your butt, you're sick for days and maybe die. The pools at Trump's resorts in Florida have been cited for poor water quality and other health and safety poor water quality and other health and safety violations. More frequently than other resorts. We have the best bacteria. Oh my god. Francie, you're a genius. Be best bed bugs. <laughs> Quadruple B. Be best bed bugs. Oh my god. Be best. Bed bugs. The alliteration is killing us. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I don't I mean, he's probably gonna have it there. I kinda hope that the other members of the G seven say, Yeah, we're not gonna go there. I don't think he's gonna have it there. Hopefully the hope fire right. department. Hopefully the local fire department needs a place to like you know test you know fire demolition. Yeah. Why do you say <laughs> yeah. that, Joe? Because I under because I understand that internally, um, staffers are telling him it's not a good idea and probably a vol- violation of the emoluments clause. Probably illegal. Of emoluments. Probably. Probably. Yes. It's totally illegal. Uh, well, uh, well, according to uh, Joyce, uh, what's her name? Uh, the legal expert on MSNBC, Joyce Vance. Joyce Vance. It's not even a close call. It's a definite, right. direct violation of the emoluments clause mm-hmm. to 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 bring somebody to bring those foreign visitors to pay to stay at a place for this meeting and pay him to stay there. That I agree is, with that. The I agree with it's that, not, she I, said it's not even a close call. It's yeah. Who's going to stop him, though? This is, this is well, a problem the Democrats have. would have to stop Oh, I'm sure I mean, the I Justice have... Department. <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously, yeah. how, are the, how are the Democrats going to stop? I, I'm not trying to be contrarian. File a lawsuit. I think Bill Barr will stop him by having a Christmas down. party at Trump uh, Hotel, D.C. Yeah. See? That's my point. I, I hate to be that pessimistic, Joe. Usually that's your job. Well, actually, anybody could file a, a brief, I think, would have standing because it's yeah. a violation of the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution, and even a citizen well, would have standing to, to say, no, that's not right. Well, guys, we, we got we, we to gotta, um, run to Mad Libs. So, okay. Mad Cons, as it were. But yeah, we'll have more on this story on Friday because this isn't going away. Kind of like a bed bug infestation. Eww. Yeah. Kind of. So. What yeah. If the bed bugs jumped into the pool and became leeches. Oh, or or just you know aquatic, you know uh, uh, the swamp bugs. Oh my or god! Got that fecal <laughs> disease. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. God. Pass it on to you. So, all right, guys, here we go. Mad Cons, aka Mad Lid. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. This is madness. Don't get mad, get Mad Lib. Oh, God bless Mad Libs. Oh, yeah, Dad brings up a good point. Trump doesn't stay at Doral. <laughs> Why not have it at the winter fucking shite, shite, you know, shite house? Um, Mara Magalago, Magalago. Um, anyway. Well, it, it, we all know based on the Waypost reporting that Doral is the is one of his sites that has the funding. It, 
It's 69% below what it used to earn. It's losing money. Hemorrhaging, as it were. All right, bigly. Okay, here we go. Uh, I need a verb ending in ing, Joe. Fucking. All right. (laughs) Rain, I need the name of a male conservative. Um... Joe Walsh. All right. <laughs> Life's been good to me so far. Okay, uh, Joe, female conservative. Laura Ingram. It's been so long since we've discussed the Ingraham. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Uh, she's irrelevant. Um, rain an exclamation. Gersberms. Irma Gerd. Okay, so Irma Gerd. Okay, Joe. Uh, Another verb ending in ing. This one's going to be filthy. Shitting. (laughs) Okay, Rain, I need a number. Four hundred billion. Okay, so four hundred billion with a B. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I need a place. A place. Um. Trump Doral's already been used. <laughs> Trump's big dirty asshole. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Trump's. BDA. <laughs> All right. It'll save me some spelling. I don't know what that means. Uh, Rain, the uh, a na- a male or female conservative? Make it be best answer. Um, Bobby Tree Peeler? Bobby, okay. Well, let's just go with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Peeler. Uh, yeah, I'll be best. He's the guy who lives down the road. Oh, okay. Is he related to Joe Stool? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I forgot about him. Bob or Bob Joe? I need a number. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah, All right, Rain, I need an- another verb ending in ing. Who, me? Yeah, verb ending in ing. Um. Joe already did fucking and it. shitting. I, yeah, I, yeah, I see what's happening there with Joe. <laughs> I'm going to go with, um. Right, hold on. Give me, give me, give me, um. Spewing. Spewing. <laughs> All right, that's it. Keeping the spirit. I like that, Joe. Uh, just a straight up verb. Present tense. A straight up verb. Okay, present tense. Um, come. Wow. Oh. Uh, oh my God! I read it in context. So wrong. Brain. <laughs> uh, part of the body. <laughs> Uh, oh, after that? 
You know what one's um, already been taken to live in Long Island. I know, every, I know everything has been taken. So a part of the body, I'm going to go with... Oh, God. Clitoris. Ouch. Okay, read that in context, too. Uh, uh, is, is Billy Bush here for when I read this? <laughs> um... <laughs> You guys get the reference? Billy Bush? Yes, yes. <laughs> Access Hollywood. Uh, so dirty. All right, Joe, a verb. It's boy talk. It's, it, I was lead on. I was egg on. Another verb. Another verb. Yeah. Um, crap. Crap. Rain. Uh, <laughs> another uh, conservative. Oh, good not. Um, another conservative. I'm so sick of conservatives. Annie, I know, but the, I, that's why we never put good people's names in, in these. Oh, Joe Stool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna spell it like the footstool because I don't remember exactly <laughs> the spelling of his name. Uh, I don't know if he's a conservative. That's not fair. That's not fair. He probably okay. Is. So let's go with let's go with um. Let's go with, let's go with that guy from the New York Times. Uh, who? The guy who d- I, got rid of. Okay. Somebody I don't know. In the, somebody in the chat, help me. The bed bug guy. He's a well, columnist we, for the, the bed bug guy. Uh, Brett let's put Stevens? What, uh, Brett Stevens. Brett Stevens, yeah. Brett Stevens. Okay. Let's All right. I don't even know that story, and it's annoying to me already. It's um, another bed bug story. Yeah, I know, and it's great. And it's uh, it's it's only gonna help Trump. <laughs> All right, Joe. Part of the body, plural. Uh, kneecaps. Yeah, you you got a lot of bulls to say kneecaps. <laughs> I do. Uh, all right. Kneecaps. Rain a verb, present tense. We're almost done. Um. Jog. Jog. Joe, you got the last word. Uh, part of the body. Part of the body. Uh, uh, prostate. Oh. Okay. Fancy. Rest in peace, Charles Koch. Um. Oh, Coke. Coke. David Coke. So, yeah, yeah, Coke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coke. Uh, diet, diet, Coke. Die. He died of prostate cancer, right? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, honestly, I don't care. I'm not going to be like Bill Maher. Um, but I'm not going to be like. I, I just don't care. I just don't care. So. Okay. But anyway. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in a pile of cash. All right, here's, um, uh, these are all three from Get the Party Started Mad Libs that I got for $3.50 at Five Below many years ago. Five and below. Or is it Five Below or Five and Below? Just Five Below. You guys have Five Below in here? It's not a bad little, uh, novelty shop. It's kind of like Spencer Gifts for kids. They just don't have and dirty. Adults like you and I who go there. Yeah, they just don't have dirty, you know, you know, greeting cards. 
Uh, that's where I found my flarp. So, uh, all right, here we go. This one's called Cool Moves. Wow. It's the world of ice. God damn it. It's the world ice fucking championships. And Joe Walsh and Laura Ingram are hoping to win a disgusting medal. Let's listen to the commentary as this apocalyptic duo finishes their routine. Announcer one. Ermagerd! He's holding her up in the air by her buns. A Russian lift no other pair can do. Announcer two. And now, these few final seconds, they're shitting across the ice like a pair of fuck pipes. It's an oily finish to their vomitous performance. Back to announcer one. Look, a perfect 400 billion from the judges. They did it. Announcer two. The nuke is going wild, littering the ice with bed bugs. This performance proved beyond the shadow of a broadcast that this pair of human centipedes is the best in Trump's big dirty asshole. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. Oh yeah, oh my god is right. So Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Alright, we gotta we gotta truck along. This next one is called Dance Till You Drop. I'm sure this will be clean for the whole family. Uh today's the day. It's the last chance to dance. A sexy school dance-a-thon to raise money for a gross cause. The goal to be the last moral majority dancing. You've collected more than $24 in pledges from your parents, <laughs> your best friend, Bobby Tree Peeler, <laughs> and your Bobby Tree Peeler, and your reluctant next door deadbeat dad. Uh, <laughs> You spent hours spewing to build up your stamina, so you're totally ready when the hurricane-a-thon begins. The hours pass by messily, and other dancers are dropping like panthers. You're starting to feel a little... <laughs> you're starting to feel a little appellation, too. But finally, but finally, it's down to just two dirt bags, including you. Just when you think you can't, just when you think you can't come for one more second, the other toxic male collapses into a chair. The MC grabs your clitoris, lifts it high in the air. Oh my god. Oh my god. And declares you the rabbit. <laughs> and even though your legs are wobbly as rubber fudges, you feel like a million vaginas. <laughs> oh my god, this is filthy. But wait, there's more. Because I did three oh tonight. This one's called Street Beat. You ready for street beat, guys? Uh, whenever people walk past the corner of Sari Avenue and Ruble Street, they immediately stop and crap. <laughs> <coughs> it's Lil Brett Stevens and Yo-Yo... <laughs> 
in yo-yo, Matt Drudge. <laughs> Performing their limited street music. This fake duo is famous throughout uh, the Trump Doral Resort for their offensive orchestra of street sounds. They clang the lids from turd cans. They bounce fox balls on the ground. And while stomping their kneecaps, they use brooms to make fake sweeping sounds on the sidewalk. And they use the handles to jog rhythmically against clan sheets parked on the street. Oh, that sounds like Doral. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're onto something here. And um, and then all right. And lastly, um, they are having the time of their penises. Don't say penis in this house. And the same goes for the shardy onlooker, onlookers who shardily clap their prostate at the end of, <laughs> of each and every number. That's right. I got shardy for an adverb and shardily for an adjective, and they all ended up in the same adlib. Thanks, guys. So I added the Matt Drudge because I didn't want to inundate too many people with extra names. So anyway, there we go. That's it. It was Yo-Yo Drudge, wasn't it? Yo-Yo Matt Drudge. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that's my next band name. Um... I saw it and I was like, I just filled it in because I was like, Yo-Yo Ma, and just for some reason, Matt Drudge popped in my head and I was like, Yo-Yo Ma, Matt Drudge. So, there it was. Uh, bouncing fox balls, doesn't that hurt the fox? Yes, it does, Jay Collie. Yes, it does. <laughs> Don't do it. We're not conservatives. We wouldn't do that. Uh, so, anyway. See, that's why I always put conservative names in the Mad Libs. Because way back in the day, I learned it was is better not to include people in our chat room in it because it could get like weird and and you know offensive to our listeners. So that's why it's just always put a conservative in there, and you are fucking scot free because they don't listen to this show. Just a select elite few, you know, heroes it's for hire. The guy I mentioned tonight. Yeah. What was his name again? Because I want to use it in the future. Oh, um, that was... um, Oh, boy. Uh, What was his name? Uh, uh, Bobby Tree Peeler? Bobby Tree Peeler. Yeah, Bobby Tree Peeler. There you go. It's my favorite conservative. Yeah. You gotta, you know, that's a good one. So anyway, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and wrap things up because we have the... uh, We got the brand new episode of uh, the Tim Carmel show coming up. So, and Mm -hmm. Joe, why don't you tell us about that and then give us your parting shot. Well, it's, uh, it's a religious show. Actually, it's, uh, I do a reading from the, uh, book of Trump, Trump Genesis. And I did spell it the way you suggested. So there. Oh, as in Terminator Uh, Genesis? Yes, yes. Yes, Genesis. Genesis. So, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll. Yes, I, I have that. I have that reading Genesis. So oh, uh, I'm gonna miss it for sure. Yeah. Uh, part of it is uh, how he discovered light and dark because mm. he found the light switch in the Oval Office. But anyway, um, is there no bottom to the cruelty no. of the Trump administration? No. No. Because 
Jonathan Sanchez, who is 16, is getting treated for cystic fibrosis in Boston, right? Boston Children's Hospital. Okay. He's here on a visa. It's called no. medical deferred action, right? His mother and he got a letter from the Trump administration telling them that they're no longer accepting those. So the last four years that they've saved his life are out the window, and he has to go back where he came from and die. Jesus Christ. Too bad. That's disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. It is. It is. It is disgusting. When he came here, he was practically dying. His mother, Marina Sanchez, told Mass Live in Spanish language interview: "This last three years, we've been able to save him." Um, he's not the only one. There were also one child is is being sent back to a re- remote part of Brazil um, because. He has a rare uh, condition that does not allow him to uh, absorb nutrients. It has to be fed with his feeding tube in a certain way. And they don't have that technology in Brazil. And he has been kicked out, too. Oh, my God. These are death sentences. Okay. Pure, simple death sentences. There is no... It's pure evil. There is there is no bottom to their cruelty. None. You're right. You're right. All right. Um, Rain, uh, what, what's your parting shot tonight? And welcome back. I hope you had a great vacation. Rain, are you muted or did we lose you? No, I'm here. There I'm a go. little <clears throat> I'm a little phlegmy. Oh, the weather is changing, getting more humid, cooler, so I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I don't have a parting shot, per se, but um, what Joe just said kind of bumps on something else I read from an immigration lawyer on Twitter today who basically said, this guy came to see me. He said, I can't go back because they will kill me. And the lawyer said, I believe you lawyer took him in front of the immigration you know judge judge said yeah i think they're going to kill you but i'm still going to send you back he got killed um jesus christ and and i'm not trying to add on to what joe is uh, the the thing i'm really sorry the thing is is that as i listen to the media and as i listen to the media talk about this this administration's immigration policy. There is no immigration policy. The only policy is to make sure that nobody gets to enter this country if you're not a white person. It's a deportation policy. It really is. It really is. I mean, I, I read another story today. Um, a kid, 21, I think, I, I don't know how old he was, but he got a scholarship to go to Harvard. Yeah. And evidently, evidently, this kid, um, he had friends on social media, friends, not him, friends on social media who didn't, they didn't have nice things to say about America. And the immigration people questioning him decided that he needed to be deported. Mm -hmm. He had a scholarship to Harvard. There is no reason... 
Trump didn't have a, 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 a scholarship to Harvard, so why? No, but why the bother? point is, the person the person who did this was not even like a mid level person. It was a low level person who said, "Let me see your phone. I'm going to go through your entire social media." No. My, yeah, my my whole point is that Trump doesn't fucking care about anybody but himself, and he's not going to appoint people who care, and they're not going to appoint people who care. Yeah, all, you we're know. entering a really dangerous place in this country. A really yep. dangerous place. We did on Inauguration because Day. We did on Election Day. We're, we're entering a place where we're isolationists. And we're kicking yeah. out people in this country so they can die. Yeah. You're right. It's You're a right. terrible parting shot, but well, I feel like we need to wake up. Understood. Well, uh, anyway, we got to wrap things up right now. But yeah, please stick around for the Tim Carmel show coming up in uh, a couple minutes here. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, please uh, try and check us out live every Tuesday and Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com or KennyPick.com. Uh, at some point, we might be changing things up. Please enjoy the old time radio that plays when we're not doing one of our regular uh, shows. And also be sure to check out Mike Check Radio every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. That's a relatively new time slot for that. And then uh, uh, the um, Lunatic Parade on Fridays at 10, 15 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. And, of course, all the other fine programs, the broadcast from the bunker, the Jefferson Hour, working on getting new material. But, hey, look at what I just listed up. A lot of good quality stuff there. So uh, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to everybody on Friday and be good to one another and watch out for this recession that's headed our way. That's it. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Time for go to bed. I'm finished. Goodbye. We now conclude broadcast activities on behalf of the management and staff. We wish you a pleasant good night. Thank you. Good night, Lawrence. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Made a lot of money in China. I don't have any deals with Russia. Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? <laughs>